0: Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. It is Summit League Tournament Week. The Summit League Tournament starts this week. College basketball conference tournaments have already begun. March Madness is ever so close. By the time you're listening to this podcast, the month of March will be here. Who better to talk about it all with than my good friend and co-host of this podcast, Sports Director at KORN Radio in Mitchell, South Dakota, Travis Crins? Travis, how are we doing?
1: Doing Good. A lot better than
0: last week. That uh, Do you have an update on the vehicle?
1: Well, uh, the vehicle, let's see, when we last spoke, it was in the shop. They didn't know what was wrong with it. Yep. They figured out it was a computer module system of some sorts. That's why kept right, stalling on me. Mm-hmm. And they could not find the part. They could not find this little computer thing that they needed to put in and fix. They couldn't find it. Anywhere? Anywhere. We can't find it. We can't find this thing. So I called him like Friday and then I called him Tuesday. I'm like, yeah, we can't find it. Well, it's like, well, what do we do now? So I found one, of course, because it was not difficult at all to find it. <laughs> I called four places. They all had it. They all had it. Could be ordered, could be shipped in. I called, the first place I called was Sturdivant's in Sioux Falls. Okay. They said, yep, yeah, we've got one in Stackin's house. It's in St. Cloud. Uh, this was Tuesday. Of course, we'll talk about the weather a bit here. But yes, yep.
0: Said,
1: if it wasn't for the weather, it could be here tomorrow, on Wednesday.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It would be in Sioux Falls. I'm like, wow, well, okay. So they had it. I called AutoZone in Mitchell. They had one. It was cheaper It'd be shipped to Mitchell, and it'd be here by Wednesday of next week. So I ordered with them. I called a couple other places just to check. Mm -hmm. I called uh, another AutoZone in Sioux Falls, and it was probably the same same computer system, same inventory. So I said, thanks for looking. I called O'Reilly's in Mitchell. They also could have gotten one, but that was the most expensive. Okay. Probably Bill O'Reilly's running it, and he sucks, so... Um. So I go to AutoZone, and for some reason, they needed my mileage and my tire size, I guess, for the warranty. There's a one-year warranty on this okay. piece. The, the mileage, I can understand. The tire size, I have no idea. Yeah. Ultimately, they, when I called back with the mileage, they did not ask me for the tire size, thankfully. <laughs> so I called the repair shop and say, I need you to check my vehicle. I just stopped there a half hour ago to get the VIN number. I need you to go check my vehicle. What is the mileage? I knew it was 123,000 something. Mm-hmm. So what is it? I'm like, all right, we'll go check that. I go take a nap. 90 minutes later, I'm getting ready to do a game. I call them and say, you got that mileage? That was 90 minutes ago. Oh, yeah, here it is. 123 something, something, something. All right, thank you. When I use that, I call back AutoZone, I get my parts, get my computer ordered. I say, it's going to be your Wednesday. It showed up today, Stack, and it showed up two days early. Hey! Despite the, despite the blizzard, despite terrible weather, all of this stuff, it showed up today. That's
0: fantastic.
1: picked it up at 5 o'clock, we sent it to the place. I said, here we go, it's 515 Like, what are you thinking? Maybe noon tomorrow? Could I pick this up at noon tomorrow? Like, no, we're booked tomorrow morning. Maybe we'll get it to it tomorrow afternoon.
0: Are you ever going to go back to this car place? To this uh, repair place? No.
1: (laughs) No, I'm not. Good call. It's been there for two weeks. Two weeks as of tomorrow. It's been two weeks. Uh, they couldn't find this computer thing, and I called four places, and they all had it. And, that, and I assume if I would have continued to call repair places and in auto parts shops, they all would have had it, mm-hmm. it on to order it. So, like, if you really wanted to be an asshole, you would go there and say, So, I called four places. I found four of them. Like, why could you not find them?
0: And why did it take for me to call call call. you after 90 minutes to get my mileage after I had already asked?
1: And I told them tonight, call me when it's done. And I do not expect that this is their final shot to call me and say, hey, your vehicle's done. You can come pick it up. I'm going to call them about 4.30 tomorrow. Say, did you get it done? Maybe it'll be done. I don't know. It should be done by Wednesday. But, I mean, they said it would take about an hour. So this is not a huge project. And it's been there for two weeks. So it's getting done. It's what a, uh, what a process. Yeah. yeah I, did. I, wouldn't have, I go to Graham Tire. It's close to work. It's across the street. Not a long walk. But they couldn't find what was wrong with it. So that's a problem. Yep. I'm sure they probably could have found the part. These other guys found what's wrong with it, but they couldn't find the part. So... There you go, I was, my saga's about to an end.
0: Oh, I feel for you man, that uh, that sucks. Uh, I'm glad it's not anything worse than the computer part. I, I would assume that this computer part is cheaper than a fuel pump,
1: right? Like $200 or something. Okay, yep. so. well far cheaper than a fuel pump. And I, I'm interested to see what this bill's gonna be, because they did not, there, there's no parts in it. I, I, I bought the part and gave it to them. Right. Oh, there's no, it's just time, labor. Yep.
0: What,
1: what is that going to be? So if it's anything over a couple hundred bucks, it would be like, that will be interesting. So maybe it'll be all right. Yeah. The, literally the first guy I called in Sioux Falls had the same problem that I had with the same vehicle.
0: Really? Okay.
1: He's got a 90, 99 Durango. I have a 2003. I told him what the issue was. was like, yes. That's happened to me before, in 1999 Durango, and this is what I did, and that's what fixed it. So, I'm pretty certain this will fix the problem.
0: Well, hopefully that does fix the problem, and hopefully your saga comes to an end. Uh, We'll get an update on that next week, and you hopefully will have your car back by then. Winter Storm, historic Winter Storm, last week was a dud.
1: Like, what was, it, it was bad, but like, what was... I don't know the, the the snowfall. I guess was historic. so I have A lot of places broke records. Well, what did uh, it was pretty bad here. What what did you have?
0: We got eleven point three inches of snow total in Saint Cloud, so just under a foot. The cities, I think the the heaviest snow fell right like by Chanhassen, which ironically enough is where the National Weather Service out is based out of the Twin Cities, and they said they got about sixteen inches of snow. So it snowed pretty heavy in the metro. But initially they're like, oh, this is gonna be, well, you know, at least over a foot. You know, we're talking 12 to 18 inches, I think. Anywhere between 18 to 24. And the snow, I think it snowed a bit on Tuesday, but Wednesday morning, no, it was sunny skies. It was nothing to be seen. Wednesday night it snowed hard, but not. Like they said, 5 to 8 inches of snow is what we were forecasted to get. I bet we got 5 or 6, but then it barely snowed Thursday. So it's like this whole 3-day process to only get eleven, just over 11 inches, and the wind didn't blow nearly as bad as they said it was going to. It's just like, okay, it's just a long, drawn-out storm that wasn't nearly as historic, at least, or as bad, as, I, as they seem to be making it out to be. How was it for you? It seemed like maybe maybe I was a little more north of it. That The further south yeah. you were, that's where the heavier snow was and perhaps the windier conditions were.
1: It was not as bad as the first week of January because it was so much snow. 20 inches, 22 inches, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So much snow. This was not as bad, but this was also not good. It, yeah, we had a blizzard warning there for about a day. Let's go back to Tuesday with my vehicle. Yes. Tuesday. The big blizzard, Tuesday night it's supposed to start. We got, uh, we got 13 inches is what we ended up
0: with. In one night? Because I remember, I think, last Uh, week.
1: Yeah, about two inches probably Tuesday night. Oh, 13 total then. Okay. Till maybe eight, eight to ten on Wednesday, and a couple inches on Thursday. I'm supposed to go to Brandon, east of Sioux Falls, Brandon Valley for a doubleheader at six o'clock, girls and boys. Yes. I leave. I go there. Uh, I get there a little before five o'clock. I left it earlier just in case roads were. There was some snow blowing around the road, along the roads, but he gets a little up 75. Mm-hmm. I stop at Sunshine to waste 20 minutes there. I uh, get some gummy fruit lifesavers, things like that.
0: Yes. Oh, that's good. good choice on the candy.
1: Good choice on that. So I go over to the high school, and I get there, and they are almost at halftime of the boys' sophomore game. I'm like, all right, and I'm still here. A little earlier than I'd like to be, but I'm here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But coming up on 5.30, like, we're going to be a little bit behind because they're only at halftime. It's going to take, you know, 10-minute halftime. It's going to take at least a good half hour to get this game done with. So we're going to be at least 6.15, probably
0: 6.30 before we start this double letter. And when was the tip-off of the first game supposed to be, 6 o'clock?
1: 6 o'clock, so I'm setting up. And the uh, Brandon Valley AD gets on the mic and says, "We are skipping halftime. We're moving right to the fourth quarter of this game."
0: Fourth quarter. Like, right, what happened to the third will. quarter? Huh? What happened to the third quarter? They just skip it.
1: <laughs> they skipped that too. Wow. Okay. So they, they went to halftime. They said, uh, "Stay in the court. Finish this game." What was the score at the half?
0: Like, does, did, would the third quarter have made a difference?
1: Like halftime, you know, halftime's time like 10 minutes. Third quarter probably would have taken, you know, it's an eight-minute quarter.
0: Right, but what was the score of the of Oh, the I, I
1: don't even Okay. I don't even Yeah, it's, a, you know, a sophomore, J B sophomore. Yeah. I'm just yeah.
0: wondering, like, if it was 25 to 10 or, like, 30 to 15, well, maybe you could afford I, to skip the third quarter. But
1: I forget what it was. So, like, all right, we're going to be on time. You know, eight minutes to go, fourth quarter, this shouldn't take no more than – you no, know, 15 minutes, we'll be right on time to get ahead of this storm. There's a minute and 43 seconds left in the fourth quarter. The AD gets on the microphone and says, uh, the double doubleheader's been canceled. Mitchell players, go back to your locker rooms, change your clothes, and go home. <laughs> I'd been in that gym for all of maybe 20 minutes at that point. Oh, wow. I was probably five minutes away from starting our pregame. And my mom was texting me about they're going to close the interstate at 10 o'clock from Mitchell to Sioux Falls.
0: Yes, yep, because there were multiple other spots on like I-29 that were closing at like different... It was like yep. staggered closing times, depending on where you were at along I-29.
1: So that was why it happened, because doing the time I still would have been on the road at 10 o'clock probably would have got back to Mitchell at 10 probably 11 the way it was so they made the right decision I just wish I would have made it before I left yep drive an hour and a half to Brandon so going there was fine coming back was not as good there was kind of past Hartford past Humboldt it was it was not good it was blowing snow And reduce visibility. So I got home like just after seven, I think. So left about quarter to six and got home a little after seven. And yeah, and then uh, just the wind and I had Wednesday off. Uh, A month before I'd say, I'm taking this Wednesday off Mm -hmm. because I don't want to work after going to Brandon and getting home late. So I had Wednesday off when the majority of it hits and we did some shoveling about 4 o'clock that afternoon it wasn't too bad probably had you know 6-8 inches out there and thinking I can maybe I had the station vehicle <clears throat> maybe I can get out the next day uh, I could not I didn't even try to get out the guy at work picked me up it's instead Wow. Uh, whatever we had shovel that was that got covered overnight. So a lot more snow, 13 inches, so...
0: And probably much taller drifts with the wind.
1: Yeah. So by Wednesday night, Thursday morning, it was a lot better. But yeah, they canceled school for Wednesday and Thursday. hmm So, I, yeah, it, it was... I think Kello had like 8 to 14 inches, and they, it finished with 11. So I would say they were... They were fairly accurate with what happened, okay. so a lot of wind they were, out on the airplane was not good at times. So
3: it was it was pretty bad.
0: It seemed though like they were talking about higher accumulation totals, especially in and around Southwest Minnesota, like Marshall. Um, the potential for fifteen to twenty-one inches of snow, maybe even more in the cities. Um, I'm curious. Like I think we you had mentioned last week that the two-day snow total record for Mitchell was like 19 inches. Was that something that they had talked about initially, but then kind of dissipated from, or was that never in the picture for you?
1: No. I saw like 12 to 18 at the tops when we finished with 13. So I knew we weren't going to break their record. I think we ended up maybe fourth, third or fourth. But it was enough snow, and it, a lot of it melted today. So I think we're done. I think that was the last big winter storm. It's going to be March in two days. So I think we're done. That was it. And we got a lot of snow. We two storms over a foot of snow where, you know, you usually don't even get one of those. Right. We got two, and that was, it was bad.
0: Sometimes they do say, though, that the snowiest uh, month of the year is March. That's what it can be. Um, So, I don't know if we're quite through everything yet, but we we will see, I suppose. Uh, The forecast, because every year for the Summit League Tournament, there's weird weather. There just is. It's just a fact. It can be really warm. We've had snowstorms. We've had um, blizzards we've had we've had interstates get closed. We've had extremely windy conditions and whatnot. This year, it seems pretty normal. Yeah. Friday in Sioux Falls 31 degrees for a high. Saturday 33 degrees for a high, partly cloudy skies. Sunday, 40 degrees, a.m. clouds, p.m. sun. Uh, the winds are also like different. Friday, north winds at 7 miles an hour. Saturday, west-northwest winds at 9 miles an hour. Sunday, southeast winds at 14 miles an hour, which explains the warmer temperatures. Monday, 37 degrees and cloudy skies. North-northeast winds at 13 miles an hour. And Tuesday, 34 degrees, mostly cloudy skies. North winds at 12 miles an hour. The temperature may be a little low, but this is like one of the calmest weather stretches yeah. for the Summit League tournament, I think, that there's ever been since the tournament came to Sioux Falls.
1: Yeah, just like mid, mid-30s, mid low-30s, upper-30s, no snowstorm, we're supposed to get a light dusting of snow, I guess, up north, they've got a winter weather advisor in near Aberdeen, that's about it, so it's, yeah, nothing weird. Just normal weather for one, Summit League Tournament.
0: Yes, and the Summit League Tournament, again, at the Denny Sanford Premier uh, Center in Sioux Falls. Let's get right into that here. We're going to kind of jump back and forth. We'll focus on the Summit League Tournament for now, maybe talk baseball, and then come back to the college basketball. Because this was the, I, would, I think... Without question this is the best regular season weekend of college basketball I can ever remember and it may be even better than some weekends for March madness. It was that great with all of the buzzer beaters. But let's get right to it. Here we'll start with the we'll start with the women because this to me is the most slam dunk women's tournament I think we've maybe ever had. It is SDSU, they ran the gauntlet. They were 18 0 this year. I think their average wins were by like 22 points or something like that. I mean, it's just ungodly how, how much they destroyed the competition. And again, because the Summit League is greedy and deciding to include all teams, including ineligible St. Thomas, because why not be like the joke of a conference that is the Atlantic Sun? And invite all teams to play in the tournament, even if they are ineligible. So Friday, at 12.30, this is a different time, I believe. Or maybe this, they had, this is the same time as last year, but this is a recent change. 12.30, we have the 8-9 matchup. The Tom uh, the Tommies of St. Thomas against Western Illinois. That's the 8-9 matchup. Then at 3 o'clock, we have the Denver Pios against the 10-seed UMKC Ruse or Kansas City Ruse. It doesn't matter because SDSU plays on Saturday at noon or at 12:30. Excuse me, they will destroy Western Illinois or Saint Thomas. Uh, the then the other game at 3:30 is going to be NDSU against the winner of Denver and um, and UNKC. Then on Sunday, 1230, we have number four USD against number five Oral Roberts. That should be a pretty good game. Pretty interesting game. And then number three UND against number six, Omaha, at three o'clock on Saturday. This SCSU blew out all these teams. I actually think that the team that gave them the will give them the maybe the biggest challenge is Oral Roberts, just because they did early on in the season up at Frost, it was a close game. That was one they almost lost. But that was the first game of the Summit League Conference slate. And SDSU has blown through teams since then. I'm not worried about USD. I'm not worried about any of these other schools. SDSU, if they don't win this tournament convincingly, it's going to be a huge upset. And I think that regardless of who they play, NDSU or UND, I think that's who's coming out of the bottom half of this bracket. Um, it's going to be nice, I think, for the Summit League to have a different matchup Not that's not SDSU versus USD. Now, it might not mean a, as many fans will be in there, but as long as SDSU is there, the place will be packed, and they're going to win. But this is as easy of a tournament to call, I think, as we've had in many a year.
1: I think SDSU is the only team in the top 175 of net rating. So Yeah, the conference is just really bad, or I guess USD is not as good as they have been because their coach left and a bunch of players left, so they graduated a lot, a couple transferred, so USD is just a middle-of-the-pack team, so hopefully you can play them again because it would be nice to beat them again by 40 points. Yes. Hopefully NDSU gets there because it would be nice to beat them by 30 points again, so uh, yeah, shaping up to be uh, to be a cakewalk, and like we don't, this was the the big thing that I would look forward to every year. And I'm not—I I guess I get went to the championship last year, and uh, don't plan on going. I guess the only reason I went last year is because I had to be there that night anyway for a game.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So unless I got to be over there for a game, I don't plan on going because. You know, there, there's no intrigue of well. At least at the end, we get to see a really good, good game against two top 40 teams. But yeah, they what they won 18 in a row. School record is 19. They'd have uh, what a 21 game winning streak when they win this thing. So yeah, I guess what five losses, not too bad. And yeah, there's really no reason to lose a game in the conference, and they didn't so.
0: Well, and so they are going to make the NCAA tournament regardless. So I think if you're a a team on the bubble on the women's side, you're like, please, SDSU, just handle business because they are a cinch to make the NCAA tournament. It's just a matter of, you know, whether it's the automatic bid or an at-large. And an at-large would
1: drastically probably hurt. I think if they were to lose, I don't think they would make it. You don't think so? No. They got them as a 12 right now. I think they would, because it would be a very bad loss if they were to lose. it would be six losses. Mm-hmm. I think they would not make it if they ate. Okay. But I think they have to win.
0: Okay. Now, I think, do we foresee any upsets? If Oral Roberts beats USD, I guess that's technically an upset.
1: But, but there's no upsets because they're all so bad. <laughs> yes, that is very all, true. NDSU is, is, is two games better than USD. They're not going to play. It's, it's, you know, North Dakota was eleven and seven. NDsu was twelve and six. Like all these teams suck. There's three teams at eight and ten. Like there's no upsets because they all suck. Right. So yeah, if, if, if I'd be you know, one of the North Dakotas versus SDSU. That's likely what it's going to be. <laughs> you you
0: saying SDSU versus NDsu? For the championship.
1: Oh, yeah, one of them. Yep. One of them. And as will be North Dakota State because that's all SDSU does anymore is beat them in championship games.
0: That's very true. And in there wrestling. Uh, they're doing good there, too. Uh, so championship game, 1 p.m. E, or 1 p.m. Central time on Tuesday on ESPNU, I believe. Uh, it'll be SDSU against whoever. SDSU should win. They have to win. Um it, it, it according to you I, I still think they have a shot at, at an at large because tell me what this would be their only bad loss really
1: but well, um, I think mean, it says something that they're like at, right on the bubble right now' they're like they're not cool. a 10 yep. seed or according to some they're like a 12 seed I think so.
0: Charlie cream is is drastically low on them because they are I, I just checked today. And they would techni- they're would. they technically the 31st ranked team in women's bat- college basketball right now. That's uh, according to the media poll. I think they got 10 votes this last week. I haven't checked the coaches poll, but I know they were ranked higher in the coaches poll. I think 30. Charlie Cream is a little low. I think they're going to be an 11 seed when this is all said and done. Maybe-
1: 36.
0: 36th in net rankings. I mean, that's that's really good. I don't know... Well, that's uh, okay. like
1: a 9-10 seed.
0: Honestly, like that would suck because I don't know if they can get to the Sweet 16. Yeah. Then we've already always kind of said this is kind of a Sweet 16 yeah. or bust year for them, just based on how good they've been. I kind of feel like SDSU is like the the Gonzaga men. You have to challenge yourself with the non conference because mm-hmm. your your conference slate is so weak, much like what Gonzaga. Has had to deal with for many a year in the West Coast Conference. Now Saint Mary's, of course, is uh, giving them a run for their money this year. They split the season series, but regardless, SDSU should win this thing. I think back to what two years ago when they got upset by the eight seed Omaha, but that was played at the Pentagon. Not a lot of fans. Obviously, SDSU came out a little flat. What did they like? Wasn't that was when Maya Selland was hurt, right? So. Uh, so they didn't have her, and it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't good. This was not, a, it was a bad loss. No no ifs, ands, or buts about it, but SDSU this year is so much better. They're so balanced. I don't see them getting upset by an 8 or a 9 seed this year. I, I just don't see it. they 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 know what's at stake here. They know they want to take care of business, and I don't think anyone's going to stand in their way.
1: They could stop scoring halfway through the third quarter and still win this game. Most games, probably. Yeah, it's like they're beating teams by thirty points, forty points, fifty points. Most dominant they've been. Not because it's the best team, but it's just the rest of the conference is that bad.
0: And what did we? What have we always said? We wanted to see SDSU run the table in the Summit League. They've had many they've had a few years where they've only had one loss and more often than not that was to USD down in Vermilion. This year they did what they needed to do. They took care of business. And that's that's what's good to see.
1: And it's always the case, okay, what when when do you move somewhere? Like when does this get old? When do you challenge yourself? Well, they become North Dakota State uh Football, it's like, all right, we want an have a national title. It's 10 of them. Great. Like, there's nothing left to prove. We you go to the Missouri Valley, that'd be tougher. But it's so tempting to stay because it's in Sioux Falls. And eight out of ten years, you're guaranteed a, a tournament spot. Mm-hmm. So, have I you... don't know. This, this conference has gotten worse. Yes. I think Kansas City has been atrocious.
0: Yep.
1: Uh, Omaha used to be decent. They're terrible. You you look at the new teams they've added. Uh, look at the men's side: Denver's an eight, North Dakota's a nine, Omaha's a ten, Kansas City's a seven. Yep. Although, all the all the St. Thomas, they're what a five, so they're better. Yep. These schools suck. Well, you lost Oakland. You lost Royal Roberts and got him back. You no, know, uh, IPFW was in the middle. Southern Utah. This conference has gotten worse. Year after year, I do. Well,
0: I do wish that you know with the Missouri Valley football having all of their teams in there, and some of the teams which you know have basketball, of course, and are in the basketball conference. I just wish that the Missouri Valley and the Summit League would just do an exchange. And hey, let's just toss Evansville. Let's toss all of these. Like toss Bradley. Give them to the Summit League. All these teams that don't have football. Just throw them there. Let's just add all of the all the schools that have football and just put them in for a basketball conference. Yes, that would include Youngstown State and um, and whatnot. That's fine. Um, that's what needs to be done here at this point to make both. Honestly, it would make both conferences better. It would make both leagues better because the Missouri Valley is fairly weak. I mean, I get yes, Drake and Bradley are good this year, but. Sorry, send them send away. It would uh, it would not be
1: a bad thing. They to... would like that because I mean, the Summer League is a big step down.
0: Right, <laughs> right. But
1: I, I know Just it won't bad, happen. Add SDSU, NDSU, and USD, and the hell with the rest. Add the three Dakota schools. Yeah, give, give them
0: UND too. Just give them a bone.
1: Oh, sure. Them too. And uh, yeah, expand because yeah, if SDSU leaves the conference, the conference is done. It it, it no longer exists.
0: Okay, can so. we can we sub those the four Dakota schools then and get rid of in the Missouri Valley Evansville, uh, Valparaiso? You can't,
1: you can't just take their four worst teams and say Illinois,
0: Chicago. And uh, we'll, we'll throw one other one in there. Just toss them. Get rid of them.
1: Like, add. Add good teams. Add good teams. Quit adding Kansas City. Quit doing that. I hated it ever since they did it. Quit doing that. It sucks.
0: It does. It does. On the men's side. So we're both in agreement. As women roll through this thing, they win the tournament. On the men's side, it's almost as easy. Oral Roberts... The SDSU went undefeated in Summit League play last year. The men did. Never been done before. That record lasted all of one season because Oral Roberts did it this year. They weren't without challenges, though. This last week's game in Brookings was very uh, very tight down the stretch in the second half. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, but if I'm an SDSU player, if I'm an SDSU fan, and... The way that the Jacks played at Frost, with the way they were able to hang with Oral Roberts and come back and almost win that game, playing at the Denny with almost twice as many fans, if not more, against a team that's fighting for history, like to go 21-0 and just like SDSU did, they're going to have all the pressure on them. SDSU is mm-hmm. going to be playing with house money, but they will have all of that support. I think that... Given what happened last this last this past Saturday here with SDSU losing sixty nine sixty-five, I think they would feel good about a championship game rematch with Oral Roberts.
1: It proved you can stay close with them, so that, that helps. That mm-hmm. helps. It's a lot closer than probably anybody thought it would be.
0: I mean UND lost to Oral Roberts the week before by three down in Tulsa, and maybe Oral Roberts just wasn't ready for that game, but Yeah, you can play with them. It's not like Oral Roberts has been as dominant like what we've seen with the SDSU
1: women. No. They're beatable. haven't been beaten yet, but they're beatable. Uh, There was a stretch where they just didn't score, I think, for a while. Um, Yeah, Oral Roberts shot just 26% in the second half. So you feel like if you play again, that's not going to happen. They're not going to shoot that poorly in the second half. So you don't count on that, but with the crowd, you've got a shot and I'd put it like a 20% shot, but it feels like they're the only team that can beat Oral Roberts. So, I mean, they're, you know, they've got kind of a cakewalk to the, to the final for SDSU. I mean, it's going to be tough because they got to beat North Dakota state and like, you know, that's, to me,
0: that's kind of a toss-up. Well, so. I, either NDSU or USD, and that's what kind of stinks about this here. So Friday night's games, it starts at 6 o'clock. You have Denver against UND, the eight thirty 30 game, 7-10 matchups, U, uh, UMKC against Omaha. They have a fun matchup there. So then Saturday's games will be number one, Oral Roberts against the winner of Denver and UND, and then that's at six. 8:30 will be SDSU against the winner of UMKC or Omaha. Jack should roll through either of those teams. No problems there. Sunday's games at six o'clock: Western Illinois, the four seed, against St. Thomas, the five seed. Those are the uh, like traveling partners, so I, there's maybe a bit of a rivalry there. It's purple, a lot of purple in that matchup. It should be a good like game. That. Uh, now, nothing wrong with a lot of purple there. Western Illinois has been very good this year. St. Thomas has been just fine as well. So I think either one of those teams can hang with Oral Roberts, but I think Oral Roberts prevails. But then you have this very intriguing matchup between NDSU and USD. USD beat NDSU, I believe. Oh, Did they uh, down in Vermilion or did NDSU get the win there? I feel like USD got the win. I'll have
1: to check. Oh, you're pretty bad.
0: I'll take a look at that. Yes, it, you, USD beat NDSU down in Vermillion because I remember NDSU came out firing against SDSU that the following Saturday in Brookings, and everyone was like, well, yeah, you expected them to give their best shot after that atrocious performance against USD. So I don't. It's, it's going to be great for Sunday crowds, I think, because you. USD and NDSU will bring some fans at least, and that will help uh, Sunday night's attendance. But either way, it's a difficult game for SDSU because of the rivalry aspect of it in the semifinals come Monday night. NDSU always plays SDSU tough, and they're always good down in Sioux Falls. I don't know what it is that Coach Dave Richmond does, but... It doesn't seem to matter how bad NDSU is playing coming into the tournament. When they get to Sioux Falls, they're just a better squad. Um, and Grant Nelson is a fantastic player for them. But Matt Dentlinger has been playing outstanding basketball here over the last, really, month or so of the season. He's really come into his own, and I think he he or Will Kyle can maybe thwart Grant Nelson a little bit here. I think SDSU can win that game. Now USD gave SDSU all they could handle up in Brookings, but SDSU beat USD down in Vermilion. Regardless, I wish that SDSU wouldn't have to play one of them to get to Oral Roberts. I wish that USD would be like the six-seed or something. Um or the, the five seed or the nine-seed, eight-seed, so they'd have to play Oral Roberts, but I think if I had to pick one team to play, yeah, I would rather see them play USD because I feel a little bit better about those chances because SDSU is just a better team than USD, a little more even with NDSU.
1: Yeah, of course it will be a tough game. So, yeah, if SDSU were to win, I think it would be their most impressive semi-league championship. Yes. The one year they knocked off USD, I think USD was a one seed. Was that the Michael Orris shot? I believe so. That was exciting. Yes, it was. Who would they beat the next night? I don't even remember. Omaha. Was it Omaha in the championship? Omaha in the championship, yep. That was when they went and they played Gonzaga, I think. So, I think that was Appleby-Otzelberger's first year I think. So yeah, that was the most impressive or likely, and this one this one be, would be right up there because Oral Roberts is just very good, but not unbeatable. They have to play very well, but yeah, you know, I feel like the, the semifinals are going to be tough.
0: It will, and again, just adding to it that, that rivalry aspect of it. Should SDSU get through there, though, I think they're going to give Oral Roberts a, a game, but I... And, who would you give the the Player of the Year in the conference to on the men's side? Would you give it to Max Aebniss or would you give it to Zeke Mayo? Because I think an argument can be made for a good argument can be made for either. I tend to lean towards Zeke Mayo, but Max Aebniss is on the team that went through this the Summit League slate undefeated, so I feel like he's going to win because of that.
1: He will win, yes. He averaged 22 points, won the conference, Mayo averaged 18. He will be player of the year. So I I
0: picked Oral Roberts at the beginning of the year. I'm going to stick with it. I hope SDSU proves me wrong. Their, their slate, though, is a little bit more difficult, especially with that game against either USD or NDSU. But I think they can hang with Oral Roberts. It is not a slam dunk should Oral Roberts play SDSU in the championship game that they that they win this one. We, SDSU... get
1: to go to the, we, need, we go to the NIT
0: then? Or what, what do we do? we, get, we got that going? Because we, we didn't win the
1: conference. So we go to the, the CBI? Probably the CBI, yep. Or maybe the well, CIT. Let's like get the CBI going. Let's get that going. Yep. I, think... I want to see the, the men make a deep run in one of these tournaments. Yeah, that would be the nice. Women, the women won the WNIT last year. That was great. Let's have the men reach like the semifinals of the CIT, CBI, CBS, ABC. <laughs> win, win a couple of games here, for God's sakes.
0: I agree. I think we talked about this with either last week or the week before. But if Oral Roberts loses in the championship game, do they get an at-large? I don't think so. I would agree. I would agree. Now, you could look at it and say, well, they're, they would be, what, 27 and 5? Tw- yeah, I think 27 and 5. But their wins have come against no name schools. And they haven't beaten anyone really of note. They've lost to New Mexico. That loss looks a little bit worse now. They've lost to St. Mary's. That's not a bad loss. But it's still not a. They still don't have the high-quality wins. So I do think that Oral Roberts will be in the discussion should they lose, but I I don't foresee them getting a bubble, uh, a, a bid, uh, um, a, a bubble spot.
1: They I, I mean, I played those four or five games against the John Browns and Bill Johnsons of the world. It's like, how do you play, again, more than two of those games? I, I would... I would maybe have one on the schedule, but I don't know how you can put that together. The, uh, play play just the worst of the worst. Maybe maybe that would be worse for you since I don't think these teams even count in the uh, guy and then the net rankings and all this. But to play four of these type teams, and then you've got Texas Southern, which may as well be a fifth from the swack, I think. It's like Jesus, but then you got Houston and St. Mary's. It's like just play somebody better. It's well, very bad.
0: It's like SDS, I mean, unlike SDSU, which has more difficult team. It's a more difficult time with teams coming to Brookings. Oral Roberts is in Tulsa. That's not a difficult place to get to. And you have so many more schools around. You could play the Central Arkansas and the and the Stephen F. Austin's and all of these other schools far easier than you could um you know, like SDSU, where you might have to play, you know, Mount uh, Mount Marty or Dakota Wesleyan. But those would be the only two games you would do. You would try and play more of the uh, the, the the Missouri Valley, I guess. Oral Roberts has so has an easier time access wise to better teams, I would say, than SDSU does.
1: Yeah, location geography's got something to do with it. And there's so many schools in Texas, for God's sakes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And part of the reason they left the summer league was for travel and you know, to be more geographically uh, normal. Oh, that didn't work out. So why you need to schedule four of these ridiculous schools? I have no idea. Yeah,
0: it there's what what is their best win? I, Liberty,
1: Liberty. Yeah, Liberty Liberty would be their best win.
0: Missouri State would maybe be the second best.
1: The SDSU win over Boise State ended up being one of the best wins like the summer league's ever had. Yes. When you think of what where's Boise State at the end of this thing here?
0: Uh, right when now, they're
1: a nine won't. seed. They're a nine seed right now. Like, an SDSU beat them. Like, uh, some of the teams usually don't beat. They usually don't have a non-conference win against a team that makes the NCAA tournament.
0: And that was a legit road game. It wasn't a neutral site. It was a legit win on the road. And they had almost beaten Akron to open the year. And Akron's fighting for the MAC. Title and that's why I guess it's kind of frustrating about SDSU's season is that they we know the, the we've seen glimpses of the type of team that they can be. Uh-huh. It's just putting it all together and maybe maybe next year it, it will be the year. I am I'm nervous that Zeke leaves after this year, but if you see that you have you know Matt Moore's will be playing a little bit better, you would have to imagine you have William Kyle who seems to be the best. Maybe the, he he could be when it's all said and done. Perhaps the best like big guy, big man that SDS, SDSU has had in many a year. Uh, just his shot blocking ability, is the the way he can kind of you know just defend around the hoop. I think it's very good. I think he will get better. So I hope Zeke stays, but there's a legit chance that he does not.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's staying.
0: I, I hope he does, but I, I don't think he will. So we are both in agreement that. Do we see any upsets on the, on the men's side? I guess USD over NDSU well, would be my lone upset.
1: I don't think that's going to happen. I think um, all top seeds win.
0: Yeah, that's the only one I should say um, that I could see happening, just because we've already seen it before. But I'm, you know, like I said, when when Dave Richmond gets his squad down to Sioux Falls. They flip a switch. I mean, it's gonna be difficult, but yeah. Oral Roberts and on the men's side, SDSU on the women's side, and hopefully it's a good Summit League tournament. I will not be there again like uh, this year, uh, but we'll try and get there next year. Perhaps we'll we'll see if Hove needs me for anything next year, or maybe we'll just go as a fan. But uh, yeah, this this ridiculous Friday start is is just not good. Um, well we'll get to, we'll get back to college basketball though and stuff in a little bit. I want to get to the baseball here. Um cuz baseball uh, the, generating some interesting headlines, most notably I would say would be the the times of these spring training games over the weekend. Average time of the game dropped like 23ish minutes, almost a half hour. We had the um what was it, the, the Braves had a, a walk-off loss because the batter stepped out of the box or something like that? Now, that's not going to be the case in the regular season, we presume. But No,
1: it, I mean, it, that can happen. So why I would wouldn't you... not assume it would, but it, can't, it could happen and probably... I assume there'll be one at least one game decided like that.
0: Is that the right way to do it, though?
1: I mean, it's the rules. There's The minor leagues last year, it was one violation for every two games. And this opening weekend, it was like two per game, one and a half per game. So it wasn't too bad. Everybody just getting used to the rules. What are the rules? What's the penalty if uh, you don't follow the rules? So... Like all you know, the times, going to 20, 25 minutes. These games are going to go quicker,
0: and that's what baseball should be excited about. You know, the, and you see that the pitch clocks and stuff. Like baseball, I would say had a very good weekend, um, just with spring training and with the, I would say the re- reception to the, um, to 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 the clock, to the to some of these new Let's rules.
1: Go back to what how long baseball games took 20 years ago when they took two and a half hours instead of three. So we've all seen baseball games last two and a half hours. That was the average time of game 20 years ago. Now it is over three hours. So we're, we're just going back to where it was 20 years ago because it got, it got too slow. Mm-hmm. So that's good. The shifting, I think mean, that'll have a massive effect on things too.
0: Yeah, like I said, this batter... And I guess I was surprised. I heard that uh, stolen base attempts or something were up close to like 40% or something like that over the weekend with these new rules, so... It'll be
1: interesting just to see how much they like. Is it a you know, 10 20% jump, or is it like a 50% jump in? You know, with, with the batting averages, with, with the uh, shifting and the stolen bases, I think it could be be a dramatic shift. I what, well, last week, like fifty stolen bases. Most years would lead the league, and maybe it'll be like eighty this year.
0: Right. It, well, and that's I, I was just going to mention our conversation last week when I think it brought up the question of does this water down then the the stolen bases though the 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 the, the records and stuff. Could this have that effect? We'll see. Um, but
1: I don't think so because they won't set any records. Because okay. Ricky Peterson is so far out, even with the increased stolen bases, they won't you know come close to doing to doing anything, yeah. anything like that. So,
0: what did you make of that that ending though in the Braves Red Sox game with the walk off loss for the Braves with the with the batter?
1: It was almost like watching the Super Bowl, and then it ending on a holding call. That was very touchy. It was like that, except not as important because it was just the first training game of the season. Okay. Well, so, yeah, it's got to get in in uh, what eight seconds for the batters. Got to be ready to go, and uh, the pitcher can kind of control the pace. He can he can go quick. He can go slow. He can go right away. Or he can maybe wait. I don't need to see the pitch clock on the screen. I don't need to see. I don't need to see it. I think anybody needs to see it because the idea of this is to not. It's not like a buzzer beater where it's like, oh, did he did he get it? Uh, did he did he throw it in time? This is not a play clock in the NFL. Mhm. All like, oh, they got is it, oh, was it at one? Did they get it off in time? No.
0: That's what they were Most saying people- on around the horn on on Monday that that point was brought up about. Not needing the shot clock on the screen.
1: Yeah, for basketball, sure. For other sports, sure. For this, no. Pitcher can see it. Hitter can see it. Everybody in the ballpark can see it. But these things aren't going to come down to the final second or two. They will deliver the pitch. I think well before that. Well,
0: so. uh, Manny Machado gets an 11-year deal, 350 million dollar extension with the Padres. This was after reports, I think, that he was going to opt out. So the Padres locked him up. They just shell out money like it's going out of style. Um, What what do we make of this move by the Padres?
1: Hopefully they win a World Series here in the next couple of years because they're going all in. I was like, none of these guys are going to be good when they're 36 years old, 38 years old, 40 years old. So they're going to be paying Xander Bogart $30 million. They're going to pay Manny Machado $30 million when they're 38, 39, 40. Juan Soto. Juan Soto, he's still still out there. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., they've got him signed up, but he's young.
0: And isn't their form system still really good, too, Like despite all these prospects that they've had to give up?
1: Not as good. Not as good as it used to be because they did trade. They right. traded for Juan Soto, and you know, they've traded for some of these guys. So not not nearly as good. Like they they're ready to win now. Yeah. If they don't win, it could be some lean years here in about five years. But he came close last year. They signed you Darvish like a week or so ago, like a five year thing. He's already like thirty six. It's like I don't want anybody in the in my in the late thirties playing. But they're gonna have. They have a lot of them under contract now, we'll see what happens in 10 years. But 10-year deals for 30-year-old players is stupid. <laughs> oh, Correa's deal is, is perfect. Yes. I don't know if I've ever liked any contract more in baseball history. Really? $600 two hundred What is he, 28?
2: It'll take him up to 34, which is the perfect age. Mm-hmm.
1: And there are certain escalators where he could, if 35, 36 years old, he could continue with the Twins after that. All I mean, what was it, a 13-year deal with the Mets he originally had, 13 years with the Giants?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So get the fuck out of here. Why, why do we have to pay these guys till they're 40 years old? It never works. Sometimes it works for pitchers. I don't think it's ever worked for a hitter. Robinson Cano signed a law, a huge deal with the Mariners.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's, he's out of baseball. He's done. Like All of these just Albert Pujols, what a disaster. This doesn't work, and this isn't going to work with Manny Machado or Xander Bogarts, Aaron Judge. None of these guys are going to be good when they're 38, 39, 40 years old, when there's still $100 million to pay them. Maybe teams don't care. Like, yeah, we'll pay him up front. We'll take four shitty years at the end. Otani is going to get $500 million next offseason. Wow. We'll see what he gets, but he's a 10-year deal for him. What is he, 26 maybe, 27? Mm-hmm. He's 28. So he'll be 29 years old next offseason. And he'll sign a 10-year, $500 million deal, which will take him up to 39 years old. And you're going to pay him $50 million a year. Assuming he's going to pitch and hit. When he gets older, I assume he will stop pitching. Or maybe he will just come out of the bullpen, maybe. And that would be an interesting way to use him. Like, if he continues to hit, that's nice. But... These contracts are good for the players and the owners. It doesn't matter because they've got hundreds of millions to burn. But a lot of it doesn't make sense to me.
0: You mentioned escalators earlier. What would you prefer to ride, an escalator or an elevator?
1: How far am I going? Um, Am I going up a floor or am I going up ten floors? Tenfold. It's an elevator. Let's say and you are general, going or in general. Let's say you're um, going
0: up you need to get to the third floor of the Mall of America. And you're on the bottom floor. Which means eleva-
1: elevator would be quicker. In general, elevators. Okay. Elevators seem to be faster.
0: I'd agree. And they don't break, down, yeah. And they don't break down nearly as often as it seems like escalators do.
1: Have you ever been in a broken down elevator? No,
0: that would be the bad part. No, well, I don't believe I have either. That would be bad. But anything else baseball related we need to get to?
1: Games are happening. That's nice. Twins played. Uh played the Phillies Sunday. Watched like an inning. So, you watch a couple innings, you see the pitchers throw the ball. So, that's good. Good to see some baseball being played. Like, the Twins could be really good. You look at their roster, it's like, they're really good.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Outside of their bullpen, like, the, the, the starting pitching, which they have finally addressed after years and years and years, on paper, this is the best starting pitching staff they've had that I've seen.
0: Well, and pitching's always been the issue, so hopefully that will uh, bode well for the Twins this year. Uh, Should we go back to college basketball? Sure. It was a hell of a weekend. I mean, it was great. Buzzer beaters galore, comebacks galore, just utterly fantastic basketball all weekend long. Uh, the, the the three-pointer for Arizona State, uh, Cambridge Jr., to beat in-state rival Arizona, number seven in the country, on the road. What a win. I, I was watching this game live, and the moment that he shot that ball, just the angle, I'm like, that's got a pretty good chance of going in. It swish. It was just incredible. So good job, Arizona State. You are getting on the right side of the bubble Uh, What do we have? North Dakota State with a game-winning shot. We had Florida State with an epic 25-point comeback against Miami. They get the lead. Miami takes it back with a three-pointer of their own. Florida State goes down the floor, shoots a game-winning three-pointer, and hits it. They beat Miami in a stunning comeback there against the Hurricanes. San Diego State with a game-winning three-pointer in the pit against New Mexico. Well, I don't know what New Mexico was doing wearing those really weird unis. Uh, I kind of like it, but it's not at all what I think of when I think of New Mexico. But San Diego State, great win for them. Uh, We had Hunter Dickinson. Wisconsin, let me, Wisconsin, what the hell are you doing? You have two chances to foul up three and you choose to let hunter dickinson get that three-pointer off i get it was off balance but he still knocks it down to tie the game up with no time remaining in regulation force overtime michigan gets the win over wisconsin michigan getting closer to the bubble and then we have caitlin clark with iowa with a Hitting a the shot, there's one and a half seconds left. I love the women's game. The the rule that they can take it out on their side. You don't have to have the half court, or you don't you don't have to start under your own basket. I wish men's basketball would do that. The NBA does it. Why can't men's college basketball do it? Caitlin Clark works around a screen, hits a game-winning three-pointer. Iowa beats Indiana, 85-84 in a game that I would love to watch again because that was. Stellar play. We'll see it probably in the Big Ten championship game. Maybe we'll see it in the Final Four this year. Uh, speaking of Iowa, um, Fran McCaffrey, go to hell. Uh, Fran McCaffrey sucks. He is a terrible human being. Um, not maybe quite as... he uh, He's not as tone deaf as Brandon Miller of Alabama. We'll touch on that in a minute. But Fran McCaffrey has this epic stare down with... Kelly Stoffer, who has refed Summit League basketball games. He's refed Jas- Jackrabbit games. So if he has this stare down with him, and it's just so immature. Iowa was down by 10 at the time. Then they go, he should have gotten teed up and, and tossed out of the game. Because he didn't, though, uh, Iowa makes five three-pointers in the final minute. Michigan State shits the bed something fierce. They don't follow up three. Follow up three. That's all we got to say. Foul up three. They don't. Iowa hits the game uh, game time bucket with three seconds left. They force overtime. They win 112-106 in one of the craziest games, one of the craziest finishes you'll ever see. But uh, to Fran McCaffrey, g- just go to hell. Get get out of here, and when you do, say hello to Art Bryant for us. All
1: Kelly right. Pfeiffer, the official.
0: Did I say he's Stauffer? From, I'm sorry, Kelly Pfeiffer. He's from Mitchell. That is awesome. He deserves more, more respect. Football. You should throw him a parade next time he comes home.
1: Brian McCaffrey sucks.
0: He does. He's so awful.
1: Yeah, unbelievable comeback by Iowa to beat Michigan State in that game. Uh, Baylor beat Texas. Good win for Baylor.
0: They lost one of their star players, too, when we don't know the extent of that injury.
1: Kante George, a freshman, who's their best player, so that's bad for Baylor. Uh, Clemson beat NC State. That's a good win for Clemson to get them back in the mix.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, My Purdue squad just killing it, Zach, and they are just killing it.
0: Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Uh, Indiana. That was a good win for Indiana. I. I I like Indiana I think they could be a fringe Final Four team But I need consistency from them Like why do you lose to Michigan State And then go on the road and beat Purdue It just doesn't make sense to me
1: Similar to what I said A while ago, there are no upsets In this NCAA tournament coming up I agree, Again, I agree. It won't be a surprise if, it's, if a 15 knocks off a 2 It won't be a surprise If all 1 seeds go down in the second round To 8 and nines. Yep like, no, nobody's looked impressive this year. Did nothing. Nothing going on.
0: North Carolina Gonzaga got a big win against Virginia, win. and they Where, both...
1: go ahead. Where the hell did North Carolina get off beating Virginia? I don't know.
0: But then they go on the road and beat Florida State Monday night. So, there you go.
1: They beat Florida State? They did, by 11. All oh, good. Gonzaga beat St. Mary's. Good win for Gonzaga.
0: They are the two-seed in the West Coast Conference Tournament. St. Mary's the one-seed.
1: Well, well, um, Kentucky's starting to turn it around. UCLA is probably a one-seed now instead of Purdue. UCLA survived a game at Colorado. So, I'm talking about UCLA a lot, but they're... I think they're going to be a one-seed.
0: What do you make of UCLA? I think this is a team that can go quite a long ways. Now, obviously they were bailed out by Colorado's poor free throw shooting Sunday. And, you know, Jaime Jaquez was hurt. So his health is paramount, I think, to this team. But who was that? Who was that guy? I'm going to pull up this this freshman's name who had a sick block. He was just he gets blocks. He gets rebounds. He's not a great free-throw shooter. He has a mask on his face. I assume he got a, a, a nose fracture or something. I'm getting it pulled up here. But he's a difference maker. And Mick Cronin always has his teams playing good defense. So I think this is a, a UCLA team uh, that uh, Adam, uh, Adam Bona is his name. Um, he's fantastic. I like Tiger Campbell as well. This UCLA team... I'm really starting to come around on them. You know, we, As much as we shit on the Pac-12, I think UCLA is the best team in that conference. I think when it's all said and done, the Pac-12 is going to get three or four schools in. But UCLA is a Final Four contender for sure.
1: A lot you can do with that last name, Zach. What's that? A lot you can do with that last name.
0: Yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> yeah, Pac-12 sucks. Um... Well, US, USC is the third team, or Arizona State, maybe, maybe both of them, one of them. I think you, I think you go, you could. I think you'll see at least one of the two of them. Arizona State can ill afford a loss this upcoming week. Here, who uh, who do they got?
1: Um, I think they're only going to get two. I don't think USC is going to do anything here at the end. What's, what's, what do they got going on? They're right on the bubble. They're, they're at. They're, they got Arizona and Arizona State, so you know they, they got to beat Arizona State. That's kind of an elimination game. Loser of that is probably not getting
0: it. You're right. Yep, and that's going to be Saturday. Yeah, because Arizona schools have to go to uh, to SoCal this week. Arizona State's got UCLA. That's not going to be easy. I don't think it, a loss won't hurt Arizona State. If they beat UCLA, that all but secures, I think, their spot in the, in the NCAA tournament. But you're right. It's almost a de facto elimination game between them and USC coming up on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I don't see them get maybe three, and if they do get in, they'll be in the first four.
0: This bubble is, is just ridiculous. It really is. Um, I think College of Charleston. I think College of Charleston is going to win the CAA. They can't lose to Hofstra. I think another loss all but ends their chances. But I mean, they're still in the mix for. Well, why has this not
1: been updated since what Thursday?
0: Friday. Friday I believe. The
1: 24th with all the things that happened this weekend. Why 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 are we not on a a, a daily every other day update?
0: Well, Nardi does send out tweets and stuff with uh, like a, a sheet or whatever, but the bracketology on espn.com doesn't
1: officially get updated God damn it Christ. Come on
0: Tuesdays and Fridays.
1: Like uh, oh, first, first, four out, Carolina. I assume they're in now with that win, and Wisconsin's probably out with that loss. So,
0: last I saw the so tonight or Monday night stuff, so you had sent something out. North Carolina was still the first team out. Arizona State was second. Um,
1: okay. Where Arizona Arizona State wasn't even in his first eight outs. So they jumped nearly six, at least six, seven spots with that one win.
0: Yeah, well, it's the number seven team on the road. That's a huge quad one win.
1: But, how, I mean, how did they win? Well, on A last second three, but they, were,
0: they played them tough to begin like with. My, he,
1: my problem is, if they don't win that game, then they're still not in the first four out or the next four out. So because they made a 50-foot shot at the end, that propels them up. To where if they lose that game by two, they're not jumping up at all. It's like, is there really that much of a difference between winning and losing? Yeah.
0: Well, okay. At this time I of the year, lose.
1: yes, it is. They made a, they, they made a lucky half-court shot. They, I mean, they, they played well. They lost by two. You know, and then they won by one. So it's like they, they, they weren't going to get into that first four out with a loss. Mm-hmm. I was like, they probably should. Like, hey, if you lose to Arizona by two, that should be almost as good as a win versus a so-so team.
0: Yeah. So. Um, what else stuck out to you? I mean, this, again, was just a crazy weekend. Um, I mean, this bubble, like I said, is I'm starting to wane a little bit on Creighton. Those are two bad losses they had this last week. Um, Marquette's still good. I like Xavier. Xavier's really... Coming on strong. Um, this is just very treat. Like I said, I'm starting to, to get enamored with UCLA. Uh, there's no, no I, didn't
1: see any, I didn't see any of this on Saturday.
0: Oh, yeah. Cause I had, didn't see the goddamn thing. Yeah, you had games. That sucks. Uh,
1: Mark at market number 10. Where are we at in the latest? I, I, I just want to take them to the final four. Where are they at? They? they were 10. We're up to number six, God damn. Look at Marquette, up to number six. All these people, not—I mean, we were talking about this team fucking in January, in early January.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: People relate to the show. It's like, what? What are we? What are we watching here?
0: We're watching Marquette. Good. We're watching a damn good team. Um, Providence is a team that I I could see making it to the second weekend, but not further than the Sweet Sixteen. Just too inconsistent for me. Um,
1: again, I, I, like more, I do I, like. Again, seeing, like St. Mary's and San Diego State. Like, what, what do you do with them? I, it's, like, they're not. They're not. Uh, they're not, Like, they're not making an elite eight.
0: I think this is a different St. Mary's team, though. I, San Diego State, I could definitely see losing in the first round. I could see both teams really, but I think this is a different St. Five seeds. This Logan Johnson from St. Mary's. Did you Did you see any of this Gonzaga St. Mary's game Saturday night? No. This, Saint Mary, this Logan Johnson or whatever for, for St. Mary's, he leads the team in points. He's a great assist man. Uh, they have a bunch of other really good players on that team. This and, and they score a lot of points. Yes, they like to slow it down, but they could match Gonzaga for the most part as that game went on. I like St. Mary's this year, too. To win at least one game, I think they're a Sweet 16 team. I really do. Um, mm-hmm. Please don't pair them with Oral Roberts, but because um, I think that I think Oral Roberts is going to win a game here. If they're a 12 seed, I think Oral Roberts. I
1: don't. I don't think they're winning, and they played the first game of the year, so I don't think they will match those two teams up.
0: Probably not. Well, you, you never know, though. You, you never know. It just depends on how the seeding goes, and maybe. St. Mary's like wins. No like, all
1: right, these teams played already. Move a team up or down. But if St. Like, Mary's
0: yeah. wins, there will be a four seed in the in the NCAA tournament. If they oh. lose to Gonzaga in the championship game, then you're looking at maybe a, a five. But this Logan Johnson, he is he is the guy to watch out for for St. Mary's. He had 27 points against Gonzaga, seven of 12 from the field, two of two from beyond the arc, 11 of 15 at the foul line. I mean that's pretty good. Uh four five rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block, two turnovers. I mean he's he's legit. So St. Mary's uh coming around on them. Uh let's see, what else?
1: What happened in the Big Twelve? He said a couple weeks ago about the Big Twelve and like they had what are they four of the top ten or whatever to have whatever they had? They've got Kansas yep. at three, Baylor at seven, K-State at eleven.
0: And then TCU at twenty-two. TCU would be the team for me that I think has I think because now that they've gotten Mills back, I think TCU has a great chance to make a, a semi-deep run. I think what? it. I think it's Kansas and TCU, and it's, we don't know the injury extent to Keontae George now. Right now, Baylor is. Uh, crushing Oklahoma State, who is the last team in, according to Lenardi, right now, um, as we currently speak. That's going to change come Tuesday if Oklahoma State doesn't put something together. I think they've lost. Well,
1: Lenardi has Iowa State as a four. Didn't I say what was it last week? Like weren't they a three or a four? Yep. It's like how in the have they even ranked anymore? They've lost three in a row. They've lost five of six. Are they even making the time
0: Yes, they're making. Oh yes, they're making the tournament.
1: Seventeen and eleven. They're seventeen and eleven. They have at least thirteen losses. Well, that's
0: I. What Michigan State? Should I'm surprised everyone thinks Michigan State is so solidly in.
1: Well, like they they were, They got West Virginia right now. What are they? Iowa State and West Virginia. What do we got here? They need to win this game. they're, they're ten minutes in. They're up by two. Yeah, they're like if they lose to West Virginia tonight, I don't think Iowa State's getting in.
0: Oh no, Iowa State is firmly in.
1: They are seventeen and eleven. If they lose to West Virginia, they're seventeen and twelve. They've got Baylor this weekend. They're not gonna beat Baylor. I think it's next Monday or Saturday, whenever they'll yeah. play Baylor. Yep. Like they're not beating Baylor. So if they lose to West Virginia, they're gonna be seventeen and thirteen. But by that, how are, in, how are they getting in? when they're four games over five hundred, they're going to be one, two, three, four, five, six. They're probably going to be the 7th seed. Well, they so we got they'll, they'll, they'll play the 10 seed. they But West Virginia maybe they'll beat Oklahoma. But Oklahoma West Virginia is
0: West Virginia right now is one of the last four teams in, and they're 16 and
1: 13. Jesus Christ. I mean, Iowa State. Iowa, Iowa State, 17 and 13. They could, they could be 18 and 14. I'm not putting Iowa State in. They, they, they beat Kansas. They beat Texas. They beat TCU. Uh, they beat Baylor. So they've beaten all the good teams. I guess that's why they're in. And they beat Carolina, which isn't anything anymore. So they've beaten the four best teams, but they've also lost to Oklahoma State. And they lost to the worst team, Oklahoma. And they've already lost to West Virginia. So how in the hell do you beat the four best teams in your conference and then you lose them? It feels like they're getting the benefit of the doubt because they beat Kansas and Texas
2: mm-hmm.
1: and Baylor. But again, you lose to Oklahoma and West Virginia. And did they lose to Texas Tech? Of course they did. Why wouldn't they? They have literally beat the top half and lost to of the bottom half. How the fuck they were four seed? I fuck. No,
0: the Big no. 12 was really good this year.
1: It helps out the big, like the bottom of the Big 12, not bad. Where you got Oklahoma's the worst team. They're 14 and 15, and they beat Alabama. In the end, they beat Iowa State. But you, you can't be losing to. That that's incredible. Like 17. I want to see them lose these last two 17 and 13. No, no, no,
0: thank you. No, thank you on Iowa State. No, and they're, they're, they're not playing well right now. So I agree with, like, I wouldn't take them at all. Um, and like on the Big Ten side of things, Indiana's the flavor of the month right now. I'm not going to, you know, Purdue, they could easily lose in the second round. Um, I mean, who else from the Big Ten is even worthy of advancing Outside of Indiana, Illinois, is not very good. Northwestern is shit the bed. Oh, uh, the last uh, We need
2: there's
1: gonna be sixteen teams advanced to the, to the Sweet 16. We couldn't name you 16 good teams right now. Well, one of those there's gonna be a twelve seed that makes it, there's gonna be a ten seed that makes it. Yep. And we're gonna be like, how did this team make it? How did North Carolina make it again to the Elite Eight? I don't know, they're not any good.
0: Well, one of those. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Like you know, Tennessee. You don't like Tennessee. It's like yeah, it'd be a 14-3 upset. Just Oof.
0: Well, one of those teams that are that is really good, and that I will take a long ways, provided that everything stays kind of the status quo, is Alabama. And if you know, I'm sure you heard it by now, Brandon Miller, uh, the the star. ...player for Alabama is in... ...he supplied the gun in a murder. He supplied the gun to a friend who ended up murdering... ...or to a teammate who ended up murdering a a young lady. And Alabama law and stuff... ...if you didn't know that... ...if you supplied the gun but didn't know that... ...the person you supplied the gun to was going to commit a murder... ...you don't get charged with a crime. Um, And yet... This tone, it, it, Nate Oates, head coach of Alabama, uh, had to walk back some comments from last week because he said some bad uh, He said some stuff that was just tone deaf, not 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 well advised. Just you got to be sensitive to this whole situation here. But then Brandon Miller getting introduced uh, to the game on Saturday against Arkansas gets it does this pat down. Routine. It's like, oh, I mean, apparently he's been doing it all year long, but considering like the revelation about this story that's come out within the last week, just it's bad, bad optics. It's just tone deaf. So Brandon Miller, as good as he is, if he somehow is declared like not able to play, then Alabama's ceiling or I mean, their stock plummets. They will go as far as Brandon Miller could take him. He's, he's probably the best player in college basketball right now. Um, I'm going to take Alabama a long ways, but if something happens with Brandon Miller and he gets charged and he's done, Alabama's screwed. There's no other way around it, but they are mishandling this situation all the way around, uh, just in terms of the level of care and compassion that it needs and the optics and the, the tone deafness of all of it is just bad.
1: They've got a chance to, to do pretty good with him, so they're gonna they're not gonna suspend him. Even though like why he had a gun I have no idea. Why anybody has a gun I'm not sure. And nothing's happened, you know, there's no penalty for it, so he's gonna keep on playing. So and in another state, another coach maybe suspends him or does something, but yeah, like, uh, when you're really good, you can get away with a lot of stuff. You can get away with murder when you're really good. If this is uh, Marcus Heemster, maybe he's not on the team anymore. So.
0: Probably not. Well, I, the the guy who committed the murder is not on the team oh, anymore. Oh, he kills somebody,
1: so he's off the team. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's off. Uh, yeah. I would assume if Brandon Miller killed somebody, he'd also be off the team and probably uh, never play in the NBA. Oh my goodness, He'd be in the NBA.
0: Probably. But probably. You mentioned Kentucky earlier. You know, They beat Auburn by like 34, 35 points. I would not want to play Kentucky right now. They're starting to come into form. That's a team, if we're looking, I don't know what their seed's going to be in the NCAA tournament, but if they're an 8 or lower, I wouldn't want, that would be a team that I would say would be final four bound is Kentucky. They've like turned,
1: if Kentucky plays Purdue, who are you going to pick? Kentucky. I got, I got uh, Oscar Sheebway you can match up with Zach Eady. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you can, you can, you can take take Kentucky. So
0: I watched. Yeah. I watched the second half, or the the latter part of the second half between Purdue and Indiana. I didn't see David Jenkins come on the court once. Like, isn't he supposed he to be good, knocking down threes?
1: There was one uh, game a couple weeks ago. He we did like he had like ten points at halftime, but. No, with, with some of these guys, what is he? Thirty-five now?
0: <laughs> Gotta be.
1: <laughs> like I uh, there should be a like the David Jenkins Invitational at the Pentagon. It's just every team he's played for: SDSU, Purdue, Utah, and UNLV. It's a little team tournament. hmm David Jenkins Invitational.
0: That's great.
1: That and, yeah, he did not. Uh, he played nine minutes, and he didn't score. So, I mean, you know, he's with Purdue and then the Big Ten. It's like, all right, he'd be at SDSU or he would be graduated by now. And he would have been probably some League player of the year.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: One of the best top five scores of all time. Yep. Then he had to follow the De DeAnselburger and it kind of ruined him. I don't know. Do you want to be with Purdue? Or you imagine he's averaging about four points a game here. What's the average? Of? David Jenkins... Averaging all of three and a half points a game. Like, do you you want to be at SDSU and be one of the greats of all time? Or do you want to go to Utah and Purdue and be the ninth guy on the team? Be the fourth guy off the bench?
0: Well, do you want to have a chance to win a national championship or go deep in the tournament? I mean, that's...
1: Well, go to Purdue it's like, yeah, yeah. Like your Baylor-Shire menu with Creighton, maybe they'll make a deep run. I suppose it's better than being at SDSU where they just can't win a double NCAA tournament game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, David Jenkins just kind of forgotten. I didn't realize he played for Purdue until like a month into the season. Right. I'm like, what? When did, when did this happen? <laughs> Why he left Utah, I am... I got a fuck. I'm gonna be a grad transfer again. He's been with five teams in six years. For Christ's sake,
0: five teams. What's the What's the other
1: team? Four, four, four teams over five seasons. Over six years. Six years. Five seasons. Four teams.
0: Incredible. Incredible stuff. Yep. Uh, we have the. Uh, we have conference tournaments starting this week. The Atlantic Sun has tipped off their tournament, and you know how much I despise the Atlantic Sun for what they're doing. And who, like, guess what? Guess who won on Monday night? Queens and Bellarmine. You know who's ineligible for the postseason in the Atlantic Sun? Queens and Bellarmine. So, uh, we don't know. Like, there's still multiple games that they have to win to get to said championship. But what if it's... Queens and Bellarmine in the Atlantic Sun Championship that means the third place team gets to go to the just screw the Atlantic Sun for for their travesty of a tournament um
1: to well, no, no. Queens is number 7 they're the 7 seed Queens is the 9 seed Bellarmine is the 7 I don't like their chances to uh, to, to get much further.
0: I don't either, but you never know. Liberty was supposed to win it last year, and they didn't.
1: And Bellarmine
0: won the Atlantic Sun, and then the, the automatic bid went to Jacksonville State because it's crap.
1: And Jacksonville State's not even in the conference anymore. Right, right. I have no idea where they're at, but they're not on on this list. So yeah, Liberty, Liberty should. Win.
0: Actually, Jacksonville State is in the. Um, are they not conference. in the
1: conference tournament?
0: No, they're, yeah, they're just not in the conference tournament. They don't. Right. Christ. Because uh, apparently the Atlantic Sun is too good to have every team in the conference make the, the I, I tournament. Mean,
1: with, oh, what do we got here? Like with Queens, I saw them on somebody's schedule, like Nebraska, I think. I'm like, what Division two team is this?
0: This first year oh, in the Division area. One. Yeah.
1: I'd never heard of them before.
0: First year of uh of eligibility.
1: It's like what, an, what, a, what? a deal when they make it for one year. What a what garbage.
0: Yeah, Jacksonville, Jacksonville State, Central Arkansas, and Austin P. Did not make it to the to the. One of
1: those former Ohio Valley schools. I'll make it.
0: Right. That's oh. just. It's just dumb. It. But uh, we do have other conference tournaments starting this week, so we'll just do a little rapid fire here. We got the Sunbelt tournament tipping off on Tuesday with some first-round uh, first, first round action here. So uh, who do we like in the Sunbelt to win it all? It's Marshall or Southern Miss seem to be the prohibitive favorites. Southern Miss was picked, I think, to like be second to last in the conference, and here they are winning the whole damn thing in the regular season. Give me Marshall. Just... Just for shits and giggles, give me Marshall.
1: Son, yes. Give Marshall, yes. Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. Give me this. Yes.
0: Uh, let's see, what else we got here? Oh, the Horizon Tournament. Uh, how, about this, how about this? Yeah.
1: The, what uh, the is this conference called? The, uh, the Sun Belt. Yes. Is holding their, I don't know where their conference tournament's held at. That's
0: a Cola of Florida.
1: But they don't have a single Florida team. So why the fuck are they playing in Florida?
0: It's a great question.
1: Marshall, Louisiana, Mississippi, Southern Miss, South Alabama, no school. Where are they playing this at? Pensacola?
0: Pensacola, Florida, yep.
1: Where the, what the hell's in Pensacola? Uh, the what, high, what, what high school gym is this being played at?
0: <laughs> uh, it's it's not a high school. I think it's the convention center or something in Pensacola. What
1: the fuck? The Pensacola. <laughs> I will say
0: I, I kudos to the to the Sun Belt and also the Big Sky for moving their conference tournaments. No, it's it's the Southland and the in the Big Sky that have moved their conference tournaments earlier. They've moved them up. So the Sun or the, the Big Sky is the fourth through the eighth, the um what was the other conference I, I said? Oh the Southland, I think is like, like the fifth through the eighth. Uh they these conferences Conference tournaments were normally like starting after the Summit League tournament uh, ended and had their conference championship games on Saturday night on ESPN2 or ESPNU. It got lost in the shuffle. Kudos to them for moving it up. You get it on ESPN2 on Wednesday night, perfect. Uh, kudos to the Southland and the Sun Belt for getting their conference tournaments started earlier. Uh, what are these teams,
1: teams going to do then? They're going to have about three weeks off between games. Well, two weeks off. The, the, the,
0: the yeah, Atlantic Sun is the 27th seven. and 28th, the March 2nd, then March 5th, because they play them on campus sites, and I hate that as
1: well. Uh, yeah, two weeks, I guess.
0: So, um, yeah, it, yeah, like 11 days, 12 days. Uh So we have the Sun Belt there. How about the Patriot League? They uh, tip off their tournament on Tuesday. Who's winning the Patriot League? I think it's. I'm taking the fighting toothpastes of Colgate.
1: I'm taking toothpaste as well. Watch out for Navy, but uh, we'll take Colgate.
0: How about the Horizon League? Uh, This is, you know, Milwaukee's been in the mix. Uh, We'd love to see the PFWs do something. Uh, No thank you to Greg Campy or Scott Nagy. I'm going with the
1: Nagy! Penguins though. Nagy! Nagy! I'm
0: going with the Penguins of Youngstown State.
1: Where the hell's the Horizon. Yeah, Youngstown State. God damn it, Nagy. Seems like Oakland's not very good anymore. Nope. Not as good as it used to be. So that's unfortunate. Nagy's got there a couple times. Good Did, didn't they win one one? Did they win one one year? They won a tournament game, didn't they?
0: Uh no, they lost to
1: they didn't win one one year.
0: No, who they lose, to, uh, let's let's pull it out here. Huh? We got the uh we got the the um, the list here of tournaments in years past. So uh let's see. Right. Well, State. I feel like it was the year that Loyola made their run.
1: What happened here? To... They 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 won one. Was this a play in game? Probably. Yes, Wright State
0: won a play in game last year against Bryant. Right state, right state. Did yep. They lost to Arizona.
1: Good. It counts. Great.
0: Okay. Very good. It does. It does. That's why NDSU has two wins in March Madness uh, because you beat a 16 seed from the MIAC or whatever. Congratulations. Uh, Wednesday, the Big South tournament tips off. Uh, who do you like in the Big South? Uh, Longwood's in there. I'm going to take UNC Asheville. The Big South? Big South. Yeah, give me a Longwood. All right. Uh, let's see. anything. Oh, the Northeast Conference, because that conference matters. <laughs> um, I don't care. Is Merrimack even eligible for the tournament? I don't care about this conference. Give me... Hard to say. What's that? Hard to say. Oh. No, give me fairly Dickinson.
1: I'll go with Dickinson.
0: All right. That's good. Uh, let's see. The OVC. Who do we like in the OVC? More uh, OVC. What do we got here? take a peek. We got a, a lot, lot of, of shit. Uh, Lindenwood is in the, the conference tournament. Their
1: first what year. What a I'm shitty conference. Lindenwood.
0: First year of eligibility. <laughs>
1: uh, give... uh, I, I can make a bad joke, What am I going to. Uh, give me Morehead State. I
0: like Moorhead, so... Well, I don't like it, personally. All right,
1: all right, all right.
0: (laughs) Give me Moorhead State as well.
1: So, okay, this this conference is just turned to shit. (laughs) They lost lost Belmont, they lost Eastern Kentucky. Who else, one of those other, Austin P. They've got...
0: They've got UT Martin and Tennessee State.
1: They, 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 they're, they've they, been there. Tennessee, Southern Tennessee. Indiana, the Screaming Eagles of Southern Indiana. What the fuck is that?
0: Year one of eligibility for them as well,
1: along with Lindenwood. Lindenwood, and they got Little Rock. What uh, What a pile of shit conference And is. Uh,
0: interestingly enough, Arkansas Little Rock left the Sun Belt for the OVC. Yeah, that's bad. Probably not the, not your wisest decision there. Thursday, the Missouri Valley starts. Uh, who do we like in this one? I'm going to take Drake uh, for his music and also for his university. Drake's had a good year.
1: Bradley's turning it on. Take a peek here. What do we got? The Valley of Bradley and Drake? Yeah, Belmont. Give me Belmont. I like Belmont.
0: Belmont in their first year in the conference, along with Murray State in there as well. The Missouri Valley gotten better. Much better. Much
1: yes. Better. Yeah, add not That'll help. Uh,
0: we'd already talked about the Summit League. Uh, the SoCon. What about the SoCon?
1: SoCon. Let's see here. There's a team I hate in this conference.
0: Remember, there's there's a team in this conference that we talked about
1: Boy, a couple years ago. Fucking. I find the goddamn thing. Yeah, fucking Furman. Yeah, ah! Furman. Uh, Greensboro because of the Greensboro Coliseum,
0: which is where the ACC championship will be played. Uh, is it good? Bring
1: back. It? It's not as good without the teal court. The purple. I mean, those just the best. Between that and the Suns, Phoenix Suns, those are the two best courts I've ever seen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Um, give me, uh, give me Furman in the SoCon. Uh, Fucking Furman. Cool. Uh, let's see. Is that the last tournament then? Um, well, the West Coast. Give me Gonzaga until St. Mary's Beach. I
1: mean, that, that, that conference with the, with, what is it, triple
0: buys? Yeah. That is obscene. That's just obscene. It's so, re- it's so obscene. You know who Gonzaga is? Uh, they scheduled a non-conference game Wednesday night, and this is when they're going to have senior night.
1: They, who, are they, who are they playing? Chicago State. Wow. Yeah, you should probably need to win at least three games to win your conference tournament.
0: Probably. I would agree with that. How about the American East, who we like there? I was wishing my Bryant Bulldogs would do something, but I think we're going to have to go with my other squad, Vermont.
1: American East, give me UMass low. Ooh, the Skyhawks. Riverhawks.
0: Riverhawks, damn it, Skyhawks is UT Martin.
1: Damn it. Goddamn you 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 mass low. <laughs> what a stupid name. New Jersey Tech still kicking around.
0: That's good. <laughs> yeah, yes. Good job, N G A I T. How about the Remember, C-
1: remember UNBC? Remember what they did a few years ago? I do. What a deal. What a deal.
0: Uh the CAA uh tipping off as well here. this is one, again, College of Charleston is in the mix, Hofstra. Uh, also, I think they won the conference here. Give me College of Charleston.
1: Yeah, we're going to take Charleston.
0: All right. And then finally, um, I think that maybe that, is that it until next week?
1: There's two independents, Chicago State and Hartford. They should just play like a best seven.
0: Hartford is no longer going to be D1 after this year.
1: Yeah, they probably shouldn't be. They're 5-20 I'm sure everybody left town when they made that decision. Said, you know what? We're out of here. Oh, we have they've, a... got, they've got five wins this year. One of, I don't even know what these schools are. <laughs> One of them is Houghton. One was N-V-U-Linden. I don't know what the fuck N-V-U stands for. One is F-D-U-Floorham. <laughs> I can be making these up. They beat Philly Dickinson, and they beat Stonehill. What the fuck is Stonehill?
0: Stonehill is a team in the Northeast Conference, first year of eligibility.
1: What? In the, where the fuck are they making these teams up from? <laughs> Stonehill. This is bad. This is getting bad.
0: Uh, how about the Big Sky? Uh, that will be tipping off on the, on the 4th of March, on Saturday. Uh, we got... Montana State or Eastern Washington, right now they're playing, and uh, Montana State's kicking the crap out of Eastern Washington right now. We'll
1: take Montana State.
0: Uh, Eastern Washington, you better get this bad taste. You lost to Idaho State over the weekend. That's not good. Um, Yeah, gotta go. Then finally... Can I talk to Yeah, Here he is, folks. I was waiting. All right.
1: Why? why doesn't Lyndon one yeah. and Longwood
0: play? What, uh, what's that? Longwood?
1: I would, if I won the lottery, I would be... Alright, we're gonna schedule all these weird things. How much money do I gotta pay you to have Linden one and Longwood come to the courthouse.
0: How about, can, uh, can Moorhead State come as well?
1: Longwood and Moorhead State. Linden <laughs> Stetson or something. Some like a hat. Hello, Presbyterians, the blue
0: Hose. Travis, yes. Have you
2: ever went to a zoo?
1: Uh, yes, I have gone to a zoo. What what animals did you see there?
2: What animals did you see there?
1: A Lot of animals. Have you been to the Omaha? You gotta go to the Omaha Zoo or Minneapolis Zoo. in uh, St. Cloud. St. Cloud got a zoo.
2: Animals you saw, tell us.
1: Saw a bunch of fish. I saw an elephant. Elephant. Uh, saw camels. Camels! I saw a gorilla. My favorite was the gorilla.
0: You like gorillas, don't you? Unbelievable. No, No, you don't? You're scared of the gorillas? No. Oh, they're Uh, fantastic. They're behind glass. They're fantastic.
2: What else animal did you see?
1: What else? I don't like snakes. So I I say wait for the snakes. I don't
2: like snakes either.
1: Shanks make are
0: terrible. You, Why would everyone. They should you kill They kill them all.
2: a good pet that's not scary.
0: Right? Make a good pet what? that's not scary.
2: Yeah, because what? I don't like any scary pets. Because gorillas nope. are strong, they're scary for me. Yeah. I killed him and go meet the gorillas. All right. All right.
0: What about spiders? Oh, it's bedtime. Do you like spiders, Noah?
2: Do you like spiders?
0: No!
1: No. Well, that was abrupt. That was abrupt. He eats uh, snakes as well.
0: Yes. It's just odd because we have a uh, stuffed snake he calls Slither. So.
1: Well, as long as not real.
0: Oh, oh, right. As long as it's not real. Um, what do you want to
1: say? I got, I got my
2: son here as well. is my wife? I'm not a son Wait, ray I x-ray, hey. extra, extra. Uh, well, I you like have a sunny that...
0: disposition. You have a sunny personality.
2: Oh, that's so nice! Hey, so I saw the picture of Noah playing with dinosaurs. Yes, and I keep telling Trav to get him into Dinosaur Train. I love Dinosaur Train. It's my it. favorite. Dinosaur Train. I if, if we talked. We
0: talked about this before, right?
2: Well, it's on PBS. He's gonna I'm saying you gotta you gotta watch it with him. Okay. It's the best.
0: I like Thomas the Tank Engine in France.
2: No, but that uses real trains. This one uses real dinosaurs.
0: Dinosaur-ass trains? No.
2: No. No, 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 no. no. Instead of real trains, because Thomas the Train uses real trains in their little extra videos. This one is about dinosaurs, and then it has videos of real dinosaurs. Well, depictions of what they think dinosaurs look like. It's a cartoon.
0: But why is it called Dinosaur Train?
2: Because they get on a train to go to different eras. Like the Triassic oh, and the Jurassic and uh, different eras. So they have to go through a time tunnel oh. to go to different time periods. And how do you travel? Not in an airplane. You got to do it on a train.
0: That makes so much sense. All right. We'll, we'll try and get into Dinosaur Train here. We're switching we're so switching smart. from dish to Hulu starting March first.
2: Oh ooh. they might have it. Well, I oh, think we it can add any,
0: I think we can add like the like the local stations and stuff. I believe PBS oh. would be on there.
2: Oh. Was, that'd be good.
0: Alright. Dinosaur train. Any other recommendations?
2: Mm, I'm just thinking from all my years of, you know, babysitting and whatnot. That was, that was the only one that was really okay for everybody to watch. Like, it wasn't as repetitive as some of the others, so it didn't drive the adults crazy.
0: So Spongebob was not on the list?
2: Nope. No. <laughs> I mean, I would watch it, but I don't know that humor was always appropriate for the age range that loves it the most. That's true, but do
0: they often catch it? Like, that's the nice thing. Like, even some Disney movies now, like, they'll have some adult jokes or adult humor in there, and kids will just laugh it off because they don't understand, and the adults are like, ha-ha, we get that.
2: Like Shrek. When Shrek first came out, you're like, what? They are making little man jokes right now, mm-hmm. and the kids are picking this up.
0: Yeah. Or, like, in The Lion King... Uh, when oh. you when the like uh Simba passes like it falls on the dandelions or whatever, apparently it spells sex. Wow. Yeah, I
2: said that. I, do. Uh, I like the I like the original oh relief of what you want me to do? Dress in and, and do the hula? That was one of the best lines. Thanks, Timon and Pumba.
0: Timon and Pumba. Thank you very much. Hakuna Matata. <laughs> yeah.
2: Trev's looking up something now. What? Oh, thank goodness. All right, good. Oh, he's back to sports. Sorry.
0: Okay, that's fine.
2: Thanks. Thanks. for at least indulging me for a bit.
0: Hey, you're yeah. very welcome. Thanks for coming on. Sometime we're gonna get you and Noah on at the same time.
2: Oh yes, I'll be there. <laughs> That'll be exciting.
0: It will. Yeah, well, I think those are all the tournaments and stuff we got through. Normally, we don't do a a podcast during Summit League Tournament Week, but since we're not going, we'll do one next week. How's that sound? We can do that, yeah. Uh, What else do we need to get to here before we say so long?
2: Tuesday
1: went to Brandon and came right back. Yep. Which meant I had to make those games up on Saturday. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was also scheduled to go to Parkston, which is 20 miles south of Mitchell, also on Saturday. Holy cow. So I thought uh, I had uh, Parkson and Hanson, which was a terrific girls basketball game. Parkson won 64-58. Very good game. Uh, It was at 3 o'clock. The Mitchell games were at 6, and they were 100 miles away or so. Uh, I made it to Brandon Valley. I missed the first half of the girls game. But I did the second half. I did the boys game. So I did two and a half games. On Saturday, in two different spots. Wow. I got to Brandon faster than I thought. It took me like an hour 20 to get there. But I made good time. So we did that. I'm just learning now where things are headed for. uh, It's the Sodak 16. It's the Sweet 16. Oh, yes. Yeah. So we're learning that. I got to go to Mount Vernon tomorrow, which. I've never been there. It's 13 miles west.
0: Ooh, hey, isn't this the? Uh, isn't this one of your things that you like to go to different? Yes. Places that you've never been to, and 13 miles to the west, you've never been there before.
1: Never been there, and this is what Jan Greenway's hometown.
0: Oh, very good, very good. His daughter is getting. I think yes. she was on like the on the University of Tennessee campus or something like that.
1: She'll go somewhere big. Yeah. Which well, already has what 2,000 points as a freshman. In her career. Pretty good. So, Pretty good. Yeah. So, go to Mount Vernon. I've never done a game there. So, I'll do that tomorrow. Uh, Thursday, don't know where I'm going. Friday, very happy to announce. Uh, I'll be going back to Brandon on Friday. As Mitchell will play Brandon for the second straight week. Um, very fearful going into tonight's stacking. Uh... It was looking like I was going to go to Sioux Falls Jefferson, which would have been nice. Um, Jefferson played Pierre. It was looking like uh, Pierre playing Jefferson. I do not want to go to Pierre. Oh, I do man. not want to go to Pierre. It's two yeah. hours away. Uh, I think Pierre beat Jefferson tonight, so that looked like we were going to go to Jefferson. So that was good. But then Aberdeen lost to Roosevelt, which was a huge upset. Because Roosevelt was zero and nineteen, what? And they beat Aberdeen, which was seven and ten. Wow, so that was a massive upset. So all my projections went out the window. What happened
0: to Roosevelt? Did all their guys go to Jefferson? Yes. Yeah.
1: Oh. That is what happened to them. Their boys are so good, but so I thought Mitchell would be a thirteen, going to number four, Jefferson. No, Mitchell jumps Aberdeen because Aberdeen somehow loses to a team that hadn't won all year. So Mitchell's a 12, and they get to play Brandon. I prefer to go to Sioux Falls to play Jefferson, uh, but I don't got to go to Pierre.
0: That's always good. That's always good.
1: (laughs) So Pierre, uh, so, so Brandon it'll be. So I'll be in Brandon again for the third time in 10 days on Friday night.
0: Speaking of winless teams, there's one winless team in men's and women's college basketball. Is it a a men's team? It is a women's team, and I'll give you, I'll double or nothing the smoothie bet if you get it right. Oh, fuck you, I'm not doing that. Okay, well, okay, I'll I'll just buy you two smoothies if you get this right.
1: I got like a 1 in 300 shot. Have I heard of this? Have I heard of this? Yes, you have. Is it, a, is it a Power 5 team or not? It is not. Is it a mid-major or not, or below that? Would you consider them in a mid-major conference? I would not. So they're below that, they're the is. bottom... <sighs> it's not Tennessee State, I wouldn't say. Um, let's go with something obscure like New Orleans. Let's go New Orleans. Oh,
0: nope, sorry. Uh, St. Peter's. St. Peter's. Not a
1: close no St. Peter's. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's bad. The women, not very good. It's unfortunate. Oof. I think they were, what, like 0-29, something like that. It's not good. 0-26. Owen yeah. 26 Not good. Not
1: good. Well, you know, we got, you know, it was a lot of basketball. Uh, Friday night at the Corner Palace, Mitchell played O'Gorman. Boys game was a great game. Mitchell won 71-70. Game winner with four seconds left. That was a fantastic game. And then they beat Brandon on Saturday night, 57-49. So this is the best Mitchell team since they were runners-up in 2012.
0: Oh, that's good.
1: They're the three seed. They're 16-4. They lost to the number one team by seven. They lost to the number two team by one, so they're really
0: good. Excellent. Well, hopefully they can make a deep run and get and get to state. So
1: they're gonna play Watertown Saturday. They beat them by sixteen points two weekends ago. So they'll beat Watertown. They'll be the three seed. Probably play Brandon again. But so, you,
0: but you know what happens, Krens. Anything can happen in the month of March, and you could yeah, lose to a team that hasn't won a game all year. So
1: you never know. I don't know what it is, but you never know. So uh, we like brackets, and we like seedings, and we like matchups, and, and teams that don't normally play. So uh, those we're getting those finalized. So that's that's what the next week's got going on. Very good.
0: I uh, know you have a busy. Busy time, but uh, hopefully you can get some uh, basketball viewing in Summit League Tournament, all these other tournaments and whatnot. We'll we'll react to the Summit League Tournament next week. We'll talk about all these other conference tournaments starting up. We'll make some predictions there. And Selection Sunday is less than two weeks away. That means March Madness is right around the corner. Very, very excited.
1: And I've got Major League Baseball fantasy drafts at the end of the month. So I'm excited about that
0: as well. Yeah, absolutely. You have to be.
1: Got to be. All right.
0: Very good. Thank you, my friend. You have a, a good luck with all the games this week, and you have a great rest of your week, and good luck with the car.
1: All right, yes. Hopefully by uh, at least one day, I'll have a vehicle that's up and running.
0: Very good. Very good. Well, we'll look forward to hearing about it next week.
1: All right. I'll see you later.
0: Sounds good. Thank you, Travis. Travis Grimm is joining me here. Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time is always great stuff there. Um, there's just so much college basketball that we had to get into. So, I mean, it's it's the best time of the year, no doubt about it. But there are other things going on. The scouting combine. The NFL is descending upon Indianapolis. We're going to talk with Jeff Lloyd II from the Lockdown Browns podcast. What prospects uh, can make a real name for themselves, make some money this weekend, or this week in Indy, and also we'll see if Matt Zimmer is available to talk more about the Summit League tournament. That's all coming up here on this week's edition of the Sports Block podcast. On available on podcast.com and on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block. Follow me on Twitter at Indy Stack and Facebook Nathan Stack and Travis Crins on Twitter at Travis Krins. A link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Scouting Combine, Summit League tournament thoughts, and more as we wrap up this week's edition of the sports block podcast available on podcast.com and on itunes continuing here on the sports block podcast the nfl world has descended upon indianapolis for the and the the annual NFL scouting combine, and who better to talk about that with than all things NFL draft-related than our good friend from the Lockdown Browns podcast, Jeff Lloyd second. Jeff, how are we doing?
3: Oh, uh, we're good. You know, uh, obviously, you know, basically the kickoff to the NFL offseason, mm-hmm. um, you know, everything here, just uh, basically, you know, you start to hear, you know, play uh, teams' interest about their own free agents. Is it going to work? Is it not going to work? Uh, you know, prospective free agents. You know what, are, you know, is a prospective contract to look like. You know, you've already had some moves. You know, Cleveland Browns moving on from uh, their safety, John Johnson III. You know, a lot of you know, basically just getting the ball rolling. You know, as much as this is a week about the NFL draft, it's also a week just about the NFL transitioning from one season to the next.
0: Definitely, definitely, and a lot of I guess uh, drink parties and uh, uh, shrimp cocktails at Saint Elmo <laughs> Steakhouse there. Uh, we do have some news coming out of the Combine already, and it has nothing really to do with any performance uh, per se, but it is uh, going to be something that could affect a draft stock, and that's regarding Jalen Carter, who has a couple of arrest warrants out for him uh, in Athens, Georgia, regarding uh, this is in relation to former teammate who died in a car crash along with another Georgia staffer back in January maybe thoughts that uh, there was some reckless driving or some speeding and stuff with Carter he says that he is um, that everything's gonna his name will be cleared and all that but from a character perspective now because apparently there are reports that he misled police. what does this do you know for him when he meets with teams this year I mean he's gonna ha- he's gonna get this question now I think more or they're going to talk about this situation more than he ever thought possible.
3: Well, I mean, the whole situation, and, you know, you got to keep in mind at this point, we're just talking about, you know, basically somebody that a couple of warrants have been issued. Mm -hmm. You know, Jalen Carter and his camp have released a statement saying that they think they're going to be completely indemnified to the situation. Um, Todd Todd McShay had spoke early in the draft process and had, you know, I'm sorry, actually before the college season ended, and had mentioned that maybe there were some red flags with Jalen Carter. Um with this and the possibility of these charges stemming. Um there was a speeding ticket of eighty nine and a forty-five in September. Mm -hmm. So you do wonder if there's a pattern here. And you know, I mean, for all intents and purposes, if you look at it at just moving violations, you know, it's a young kid, it's mistakes. Um, but when you did have a guy like Nolan Smith, his Georgia teammate today, speak and talk about how significant that loss was to he and his teammates. And then, uh, you know, not even probably a half hour later, you know, all of this stuff with Jalen Carter comes out. This is something you certainly never want to come out at this time. Right? Um, It's going to be a wait-and-see approach. I mean, Jalen Carter viewed as a slam dunk top five pick in this draft class. Mm -hmm. Uh, So certainly some, you know, deeper waters now for him to navigate. Uh, And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, what maybe the police down in Athens are implying, you pray it's not true, because at the end of the day, we're talking about two young people who lost their lives, and they're never going to come home, and nothing's going to change that. Uh, But obviously, the, you know, university police down in Athens, you know, they have some questions they would like answered from Jalen Carter. He wasn't going to work out this week anyway, so this is probably going to be it for him anyway. After today, he was going to be making his way out of Indianapolis. Um, but certainly, you know, a little bit of a sticky situation here right now for a prospective top five overall pick.
0: For sure. And, you know, there are some, you know, other D linemen here who could, I don't know, maybe get in the mix here. I, I guess uh, someone like Tyree Wilson is really generating a lot of buzz, more so with his wingspan and whatnot. But he's a, uh, a defensive lineman out of Texas Tech that I think bears watching. He could have a really, um, you know, I don't know, solidify his spot as the, the, the top maybe edge rusher like, who 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 stands to benefit the most from this? If you're going to look at the defensive lineman perspective of being able to jump Carter with these character concerns,
3: I'm not sure if that's going to necessarily be the case. Sure. Um, you know, as much as we all like to believe, you know that you know teams are going to make the decision, make decisions, and they're going to view things. At the end of the day, you got one job and one job only: is to bring in the best football players you possibly can. So, as much as we think, you know, the NFL is one day going to turn and you know maybe focus a little bit more on integrity and those types of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it is kind of hard to believe that, um, you yeah. know, with the proof that we've seen here over the years. Um, you know, you look at maybe the next best to tackle, Brian Breeze. You know, maybe in the teens. Um, so I'm not sure, you know, a jump for him, you know, to be ahead of Jalen Carter. Um, And again, look, the Jalen Carter situation, look, this is something that can maybe resolve itself in a few days, or this is something that's just going to lead to, you know, further digging into Jalen Carter. But, you know, someone I did speak to today with the University of Georgia is with these summonses being laid out to Jalen Carter today, I believe it's, um, you know, 11 player arrests in a 12-month span. So you're not a good overall look, you know. All together for the University of Georgia, but you know, again, it's it's all about winning, and sometimes there's you know prices that have to be paid to go along with that. Sadly, well,
0: I'm kind of sniffing some University of Florida material under Urban Meyer potentially there, uh, you know, and <laughs> with that uh, information there. So, um, you know, the NFL combine, it seems like it's changing a little bit here. Co- not every coach is coming, uh, you know, some are putting together their staff. Uh, what Mike LaFleur and in uh, Green Bay is saying, you know what I'd rather you know work on this, have this time to work on coming up with schemes with my coaches and whatnot because they can look at the tapes later. Uh, are we seeing maybe not necessarily a devalue of the combine, but maybe in terms of importance for certain parties within the NFL that maybe they've they're realizing that with all of the, the video that's available that they can see later on that it's not quite as important to be in Indianapolis?
3: I, I think there is some aspect to it, but you know, the thing is, is with, you know, front offices and coaching staff, it is such a demanding world. So to basically tell your family yet another time, and here it is, you know, the first week of March, mm-hmm. uh, you know, daddy's on the road again, Mom, you know, mom's on the road again, and we're out for a week again, it does become difficult in that aspect. The other thing is, is, you know, where are you as far as the draft is concerned? You know, a team like the Cleveland Browns are there. They do not need a quarterback. They are not drafting to a 42nd overall. Um, they even spoke on this and said one of the reasons they did still attend was a proximity issue. Um, for them, it was a driving thing. It wasn't, you know I'm saying, it was less expense. It was less they had to worry about. Um, but for some teams, you know, just, you know, do you physically need to be in the building to say that a cornerback, to see that a cornerback prospect that you like runs a 4-3-1? Um, you know, Some of that could be under, you know, understandable from that front, but also you know, as analytics continue to grow and grow with the way NFL you know, teams, franchises do business, the Combine is one part of a puzzle. So you know, the film is just as important, interviews are just as important, player production is just as important, so to say you, know, you need to be there just for the Combine, Yes, it's great to get to see every you know, kid that you want to see or talk with at one time. Mm-hmm. It is one part of a puzzle.
1: Right.
0: Yep, I think that's a great point. And also, kind of along that line... And we've seen this now for a number of years. Not every player does all of the drills or the throwing and stuff. There's been more of an emphasis exactly. regarding pro days. Bryce Young is a perfect example. He's going to throw at his Alabama pro day. He's not going to throw in Indianapolis. And you're going to see that from a lot of guys. But one guy, interestingly enough, at least on the quarterback side, that says he's going to do all of the tr- all of the tests, all of the drills, is Anthony Richardson of Florida. And I gotta admit here, the more I I've heard People talk about Richardson. Now, I'm not I'm not trying to get all uh, caught up in the moment They're like he's the next Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. But there are some people who say he's got these physical tools that are just impressive. He just needs some time. And the fact that he's going to do all of these drills in Indianapolis, he's going to throw... I think he wants to show people just what he can do because he's kind of in that mix, maybe at five or six, uh, the quarterback. But with all that potential, he could be maybe the second or third quarterback taken, more likely the third after Stroud and Young. But what do we make of uh, Anthony Richardson choosing to do all of these drills in Indy?
3: I think if you're a guy like Anthony Richardson, you just want to get you know the momentum going. Um, you know, and it's going to be, it's going to be a rough week for some other quarterbacks who do choose to do everything. You know, Anthony Richardson is just an absolute freak, physically gifted athlete, special guy. He's going to blow the roof off that place on Saturday with the ability that he has within his body. Um, and for a guy like him, you know, where you, you have less tape, it's a similar road with Carson Wentz. It was a similar road with Mitchell Trubisky where there wasn't a lot of tape. There wasn't a lot of reps. There wasn't a lot of passing attempts. So, for Anthony, you know, going to put his name out there as, you know, an athlete, somebody you need to work with, you know, many people I've talked to said, you know, this is one guy where you really got to stick to your guns and say, we're going to go the Patrick Mahomes route. We love him. We're going to draft him. We understand he needs time, but we're going to give him that time. And he's not going to play much as a rookie, if at all. Uh, but for a guy like Anthony Richardson, you just want to go out there basically and cement it um, and, you know, let everybody know that, yes, I am this athlete. You know, hopefully he puts on a show throwing the ball. Um, but when you're talking about ceilings for these quarterback prospects in this class, I don't know if there's one that has one higher than Anthony Richardson. We talk about this every year. You know, the toughest part is can you achieve said ceiling? Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the limited we've seen Anthony Richardson, it's hard to project what exactly the floor is. Yep. You know, you look at teams who are going to have two first-round picks. You know, you got to think he's got some appeal there. You know, Mm -hmm. some teams, you know, you got to look at what you got now and say, you know, in a year when our roster is overall better, you know, and then we can plug this guy into it, you know what I'm saying? It's a really, really, you know, tough, tough thing to measure. Mm -hmm. But Anthony Richardson, everything you're looking for physically and athletically, he's going to check every box.
0: I think Seattle or Detroit are two teams to watch for regarding Richardson because they have those quarterbacks kind of in place right now, certainly Detroit with Jared Goff. But uh, the team that I'm looking at is Washington. With Eric Bieniemy now as the new offensive coordinator, uh, you know he just left Patrick Mahomes. If you're hearing, you know, some comparisons that Richardson has to Mahomes, I think that's a very interesting spot to watch. If if Washington chooses, because they're going to have to jump up the board to get it. But who else at the quarterback position can really uh, benefit themselves this week? This is a very good group of quarterbacks, I would say, they're recognizable names, I guess, if you've watched a lot of college football this season.
3: I think for me, the most interesting one this week is going to be Will Levis out of Kentucky. Um, It seems people are 100% in or 100% out. Um, Very, very, you know, robotic throwing motion, but I mean, a lot of tightness on it, a lot of crispness on it. This is a guy that really needs to go in. And, you know, with Bryce Young not participating, probably helps him. But a guy like Will Levis, you got to get in there. And, you know, you basically got to everybody. When you have a guy like him, you basically have everybody where it's, you know, the unknown, you know, they're either all in or they're all out, you've got to start shaking the trees of those people who are all out and getting those people to start to change their minds. So for me, at the quarterback position, I think Will Levis is by far, um, I probably would say Hendon Hooker, but we're not going to get much obviously out of him as he's right. coming off of the ACL. Mm-hmm. But Will Levis, without question, is, is the guy who probably needs the strongest week.
0: Are you in the all-in camp or all-out camp? Regarding Lewis. I am
3: in the, I, for me, it's an absolute mystery. It really is because there's times where this guy looks really, really solid. Mm-hmm. And then there's times where this guy kind of gets down on himself. If it's one bad throw early in a game, um, he seems kind of like to chase and, you know, tries to chase the one mistake and overcome <laughs> it as opposed to just letting it come to him naturally sometimes. Um, so for Will Levis, he's going to be an interesting one because, I mean, you got a lot of teams in that top to 10, 15 range who can apply a pick to a quarterback And the question is, you know, after the confidence level of Young, the confidence level you have in Stroud, you know, Richardson's going to be this absolute wild card. Everybody feels Will Levis is that fourth guy. Is he going to do enough to cement that for one franchise and get him somewhere in that that top 20?
0: We talked during uh, the Senior Bowl about just how perhaps deep this running back class could be outside of Bijan Robinson. You know, there's like who's probably going to be a first-round pick. These are going to be a lot of – second-round pick, third-round picks, fourth-round You're going to get value throughout the entire draft. I'm just looking at the names here, and they are all outstanding. A lot of them are outstanding names. Of course, you have to be outstanding to get invited to Indianapolis, but just pick a couple of running backs that you think uh, have the most to gain by what they do here uh, in Indy this week.
3: For me, um, the two names I'll give you here is I'll give you Jameer Gibbs from Alabama, and I will give you Sean Tucker from Syracuse. Um, we are in such a phase here in the NFL where if you were a running back who is also a solid receiver, you were worth your weight in gold. You know, you saw it with Pacheco in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You saw it with a lot of these teams down the stretch. who had running backs that can contribute in the passing game and the running game. You've got that with Jameer Gibbs at Alabama. Obviously, it speaks for themselves. Um, Sean Tucker, who, any I mean, people have. You know, late second round, some people have him an overall rank in this class in the 100s. He's a former track kid. He can excel in both the passing game and the running game. Uh, For me personally, he's probably, besides Sean Robinson, my favorite running back in this class. I think the the potential for this guy to be a solid NFL running back, you know, 15 to 1,800 total yards in the NFL in the right offense. I think the possibilities are there for a guy like Sean Tucker. And I think once he puts the athleticism uh, out there, and it's basically stamps this weekend, a lot more people are going to turn their heads and, and understand this game's guy, this guy's game, and this is a guy that'll submit himself as being a second round pick.
0: I've expressed my love and appreciation for Ty J. Spears, uh, the running back from Tulane. Yep. I really hope uh, that you know maybe the Vikings could get him if they move on from Dalvin Cook. But a co- just a couple other names quick to mention: Mo Ibrahim from Minnesota, and then Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State. I really like what, I mean, Deuce Vaughn was almost the central part of that Kansas State offense. He can run, he can catch, he's very good out of there. And then Moe has had a lot of years at Minnesota. He had the torn Achilles a couple years ago. I mean, he's almost like a super senior. I think he is a super senior at this point, but he was the primary focus of Minnesota there. There's a lot of wear and tear, perhaps, on that body. What do do we make of these guys' draft stock?
3: I think, you you know, you got to go and you got to test well for guys like this because, look, there's going to be, you know, you're mentioning guys that maybe aren't on the top of the threshold. Um, Meanwhile, you know, you put another guy into this mix here, Um, you know, Keaton Mitchell out of East Carolina. He's favored Mm -hmm. to be the fastest running back in Mobile. So, you know, for these guys, it's going to come down to testing. It's going to come down to drills. It's going to be down to focus, doing everything, you know, basically correct, you know, the way you've done it through your training sessions um you know and look i mean the age is going to always be a factor with the running back class and it's difficult and for some of these guys you come into this situation and you might not be able to shake it off if you're an older guy look you're day three that's just the way it goes at the running back position you know if you're 23 years old or about to be 23 years old so you can't come in with a chip on your shoulder you know you can't be upset about these things you know you made the decision you were the one that stayed in school You were the one that put you through, you know, you were directly responsible for yourself going through the draft cycle at the age you did. So a lot of it is just, you know, going in there and being humble and just understanding, you know, for some guys, there might not be much they can do to improve. And that could be the fact that they've had over 1,200 carries in college. It could be the fact that they're already 23 years old. These are things you cannot change. So you can't go there to Indy with the thought process that you are going to change it. It just doesn't work that way.
0: Wide receivers, a lot of wide receivers there. Um, you know, we, again, we talked a little bit about maybe the cornerbacks were having a little bit better success down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. So, who here in the wide receiver group in Indy has a chance to really help themselves?
3: I think you look at a player like you know Jackson Smith and Jibba at Ohio State. What what's he going to run? I mean, and people are so fascinated about what the number is going to be, and they're so glued to it. Um, you know, him, he may go earlier. This isn't a wide receiver class that we're going to compare to classes in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just missing that those top-heavy names. So for a guy like JSN, he could end up going round one with a good combine. I think he's a guy that's going to get drafted early, round two, be an absolute steal just because he has that slot uh, production that you just don't normally get out of a young guy. For me, you know, Zay Flowers, I think it's going to light the place up. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's you know really, really, truly appreciative. The big, for me, one of the wild cards here is definitely Kayshan Blute out of LSU. You know, he was going to stay in school, then was suspended from the bowl game, and then maybe there was something he was involved in that he shouldn't have been. But he's not going to be 21 until May. Um, there's a lot of rawness there. There are obviously a lot of maturity issues there. Mm-hmm. But if you can go out there and get it done like he's capable of, you know, like the good tape at LSU shows, he's a guy that you're probably going to get lower than you would have if he had stayed another year if there weren't these questions about him, the ability is there. You know, the production, even though it was limited, um, you know, as far as the LSU offense, it, it was limited as far as, you know, what was, you know, the quarterback play that was there and what he played with. But there's some, you know, tape of this guy and the way he can work the middle to keep in mind that this guy's having that type of success over you know between the hash marks and did all of it at, you know, 20 years or younger in the SEC. And I think
0: a couple of guys who really – really help themselves with their season to even get to Indies, maybe a Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. I'm very interested to see how he tests out. And then how about Quentin Johnston from TCU? I mean, this is a, a, I think he's going to be taken really early, maybe like mid-teens and stuff. So I'm I'm very curious to see how he performs here in this because I think he really benefited from what TCU did, making it to the national championship game.
3: Quinn Johnson, things just got to look more natural. Um, Like, you you see the tape, and obviously, I mean, just a big, big guy, long strider. You know, he gets the ball in open space. He's gone. Um, But as far as, like, just the absolute complete nuances of the position, um, you know, you're not going to the Big 12 anymore, man. You're going to the NFL. There's going to have to be more controlled and disciplined route running. Um, The catching of the football is going to have to be cleaner. Uh, I think he's a guy that everybody's excited about but understand that there's still going to need to be some fine-tuning. It just doesn't come as easy for a guy like him as it does maybe a guy like Jordan Addison. This tight
0: end group may be the best we have seen in a very long time. I mean, from Dalton Kincaid to Tucker Craft. Heck, Sam Laporta, I've seen rankings where Sam Laporta's not even in the top five, and he was like Iowa's only option on offense last year. He was great, but Michael Mayer from Notre Dame is probably the top guy in this group, or certainly maybe he's got the most notoriety or the, the biggest name to it here. What do we make of this uh, the tight end class overall?
3: It's a really, really, really good group. And you talk about Michael Meyer. It's been three years at Notre Dame, and he's been the same player every year. Clutch inline blocker. Solid, solid threat in the passing game. Um, he's worked on his red zone ability as far as being able to create open space for himself. You know, Darnell Washington... Um, you know, when you talk six foot six, two seventy, playing the tight end, and the fact that he may run the four sixes, um, there is a little talk about Darnell Washington and maybe something in his past, maybe from high school, ah, maybe the Micah Parsons route uh, that maybe is going to get leaked out here. Luke Musgrave, uh, you know, nephew of Bill Musgrave, longtime NFL coach, just uh, signed with Cleveland Browns. A lot of talk is that he's going to break sub four or five at the tight end position. Wow, you know, then you get through to it. I mean, Kincaid. I think the thing that it, Kincaid is going to have a lot of appeal to people is here's a guy that's new to the game of football. He's not a guy that played ten years of pop Warner, played college, went well, and played pro high school, played college. You know, he was later arriving to the game, and the talent is off the charts. And obviously, a guy with some hard work, he thinks going to be a really, really solid player down the line. You know, Laporta at Iowa just kind of did everything right, and you know, it seems like you know when people talk about Laporta. They don't mention that we just had two Iowa tight ends go first round a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the program, you don't play tight end without, at Iowa without being able to block first. Then, there, of course, there is the question of you know, seeing the way he was able to develop you know, as a receiver as well, and you think that will just exponentially grow in the NFL when he's given more opportunities.
0: I'll probably ask this again as we get closer to April, but are we potentially going to see, you know, run of these tight ends? Maybe not first round, but in the second round of, oh, I got to go get this tight end because Team B is going to get them. Or like, is that a potential here with just how good this class is at the top or the, the depth of it?
3: Well, I mean, if you're going to sit down and we say this class is as deep as it is, you know, once you get to second, third round, you've got to start trusting your board. And look, I don't have a big opening for a tight end right now, but you want to know what? This guy is the highest ranked player on my board by 15 spots. So what do we do all this work? What do we put all this effort in for if we're truly not going to stick to our board? Um, So that's kind of where it gets tricky. I mean, I think the thing with the tight ends, it'll come down to, in my opinion, the corners. If the corners end up a really, really deep run, Mm -hmm. then you're going to get some really, really great value on these tight ends. Because, I mean, to be honest, and if we're talking about guys that are probably worth it, Meyer, Washington, maybe Musgrave, maybe Kincaid, these guys are all probably worthy of maybe going top 32. But again, it's the tight end position and not a lot of teams feature it or value it the way others do.
0: Let's turn our attention to the fat guys here, as uh, Jack head <laughs> football coach John Stiglmeyer affectionately calls his offensive lineman, or did when he was coaching SDSU. What are we talk, uh, What are we uh, looking at here on the offensive lineman? Who's who's going to really uh, wow everyone?
3: I think it's a nice group. I, I think you know maybe you know where we're talking about the absolute you know big time headliners. I'm not sure maybe we truly have that, but you know you got both the Ohio State guys and Paris Johnson. And obviously, of course, you know, the name that's been coming on hot here, you know, after the senior bowl, Denard Jones, um, Peter Skaronsky out North Bronx, out of Northwestern is a guy that people just absolutely love. Uh, you know, the Syracuse kid, um, Matthew Bergeron, he is a player that, you know, he has been spoken really well of this week about his peers. You know, everybody loves to ask, you know, who did you play? Who do you think was the toughest opponent? Matthew Bergeron, that name seems to be coming up a lot. On the interior, you know, Osiris Torrance, just a big dude. He's a really, really difficult guy to basically get around. He's just a massive, massive man. You get to the center position, you know, John Michael Smith that we've spoken about. Mm-hmm. Um, you love the fact that he played as much as he did. And with the center position, I don't think anybody truly cares. Oh, I, you know, nobody really factors in the age with the center position due to the fact that, you know, you're going to put so much demand on this guy from day one. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really hurt him so much, you know, that he is a little bit of an older prospect. And you know, the offensive line class, it's not where it has been in years past. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I mean, you know, not every, you know, positional group is strong every year, uh, but there's still some good players to be had. I mean, you know, if you need a plug and play guy from day one, um, if you're willing to address it in the first three rounds for an NFL team, whether it's in the interior, whether it's on the outside, I think you can find your guy.
0: Let's turn our attention now to the defensive side of the, the football. We've already mentioned uh, – let's go to the D-line. We talked about Jalen Carter, uh, of course, in his situation there. Wasn't going to re- really do a lot of testing and stuff. We'll, do, we'll see him – or uh, drills. He's going to do a lot more stuff at the Georgia Pro Day. But I, I mentioned uh, – about uh, Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech, how people kind of seem to be enamored by him. Apparently, we have two Byron Youngs, one from Alabama, and one from Tennessee. That's a little yes. uh, obscure. Nolan Smith from Georgia hurt himself in the in the se- or he got hurt in the the regular season. So we'll see there, Miles Murphy's a name that uh, people seem to uh, be kind of enamored with uh, from Clemson. What uh, who do you think is going to? Um, really make a wow statement uh, in Indy?
3: One guy that I think a lot of people are sleeping on right now that's going to have a big week, that I think is Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. Ooh, yeah. um, I actually, you know, his, uh, the, the guy he's training with, you know, I've talked with him for a few years. Um, he's never a BSer, never sells me wrong. And, you know, if the testing numbers that Lucas Van Ness is currently putting up, um, if that even comes remotely close to translating in Indy, you know, here's a guy's definitely going to put himself on the map. Tyree Wilson, the only thing there is we're talking about a guy again now who's already 23 years old. There's going to be certain teams that are going to have an issue with that age. Mm-hmm. You know, Miles Murphy, and it's weird. You know, Clemson, even though the Clemson team didn't have the success we've grown accustomed from them from the last few years, there's still a bunch of players, you know, coming from that you know Clemson team into the league this year. Isaiah Posey from Notre Dame, I think he's just a guy that, just a safe guy. I don't think he's a guy that's going to go in round one. Um, He was a guy that played four years in special teams at Notre Dame. He's a guy that comes right in and contributes right away. Um, You know, Felix Nduke-Izume from Kansas State. I think there's just so much there to work with that I think he is going to be a guy. It's going to take a little time again, but he's going to be a guy that, you know, a lot of teams are valuing. Um, Tule uh, Tupuloto at USC, uh, you know, look, the Samoan background has family members in the NFL. None of this is really going to be new to him. Uh, he's a player. Andre Carter again from Army. Just Andre Carter I think is a guy that once he is able to just dedicate himself one hundred and ten percent to the game of football, mm-hmm. you go to Army, it's it's just a whole different ballgame as being an athlete at a service academy as opposed to being an athlete at any other type of school in the country. I think once Andre Carter can focus himself just on football and football alone, you're talking about a guy maybe that, you know, similar maybe Alex Wright last year at a UAB.
0: So I think he said he's going to join the army after his playing days, but very appreciative of the chance to get it. And yeah, I mean he's the highest ranked army guy i have had in a long time. And uh, yeah, Tule, we've I been think, doing these
3: shows for a long time. I don't know if we ever talked about a service academy. I
0: don't think so. I, I really don't. Uh, and uh, good for Tuli to from USC because I think he was the only player that played any defense for USC this year. Uh, maybe. Oh, I'm just <laughs> I'm just joking here. Uh, linebackers. Will Anderson is the the cream of the crop in this class. Uh, he's going to go early. Jack Campbell, to me, is just is so intriguing because he was all over the field at Iowa. I think he's going to, you know, he can do a lot of good things and stuff. Who from the linebacker class is intriguing to you?
3: Well, again, here, you know, Trenton Simpson from Clemson. This is a guy that says he's going to run the 4-4. Four, four. When you're talking about a linebacker running 4-4, four, four, um, certainly something to turn his head. Uh, Toto from Alabama, I think the resume speaks for himself at this point. Drew Sanders from Arkansas, here's a guy that, mm, you know, yeah. He'd be like a Micah Parsons. He's never going to come off the field. If you want him to do traditional linebacker stuff, he can do traditional linebacker stuff. If you want him to rush the quarterback, he can rush the quarterback. Uh, you get to have uh, Ivan uh, Pace Jr. from Cincinnati. Yes, he's going to be undersized. Everybody knows it. Look, must he, if you're listed at 5'11", we know you're 5'11". Nobody lies short. Everybody lies tall. But the guy makes every play on the field. Jack Campbell, same type of thing. Um, you know, Looks almost like the appearance. You physically see him Looks stiff. Then you see him on the field, and now he's all over the place, and he's got great acceleration. Um, you know, chases down ball carriers. You know, solid, solid player. Um, one of the be a day three name that I really like at the linebackers position is uh, Dorian. He was from Tulane. He was as that program grew this year. You know, offense led by Ty J. Spears, mm-hmm. Dorian Williams on the defensive side of the ball. Same type of thing. You know, was guy there every week, week in, week out, making plays. You know, being a leader. I think quietly, a guy like Dorian Williams, you're going to get him on day three, but you're going to find a guy that's going to be able to come in right away, compete and compete for playing time, and if anything, you know, service on special teams as a rookie.
0: All right, that's a name to watch out for here. And then finally, the defensive backs mentioned again, You know, they seem to be doing good down at the senior bowl here uh, against the wide receivers. Who do we think is going to stand out in Indy this week?
3: I mean, look, first things first, we're talking about, uh, I don't know, maybe six, possibly seven corners. Go round one. It is a solid, solid group. A lot of them long, a lot of them physical. Christian Gonzalez, tape speaks for itself. Joey Porter Jr., mm-hmm. he's done it at Penn State for years. Devin Witherspoon, Illinois. Lovie Smith had a nice program of players there. Um, so Devin Witherspoon is a guy that just, he, he, he kind of reminds me almost from Jairie Alexander, just from the standpoint of he makes every type of play that you would ask of a cornerback. So you see a little bit and all of it on tape. Cam Smith. Uh, Keeley Ringo, you know, guys out of the SEC who have had strong, strong careers. You know, Forbes out of Mississippi State, you know, he is yet another one. So you get a little further down. Then there's you know, Kai Blue Kelly from Stanford. Stanford didn't do much this year, but he was a guy that played well. Then there are a couple of carryovers from the Senior Bowl and Darius Rush and Julius Brent. Those guys you know built good momentum for themselves down in Mobile. The safety class is where it gets kind of interesting because there really isn't a headliner to this class mm-hmm. um, you've got smart players who contributed whether it's a Brian Branch from Alabama of course Jordan Battle from Alabama I really like Christmas Smith from Georgia um, if he can even come close uh, to putting up decent athletic numbers here's a guy that's probably a top 40 player in my opinion because you watch the tape and he was the guy that kind of held all of this together for Georgia there was so much talent out there but you know your safety is the kind of guy that you know basically it you know, brings it all home one of my personal favorites, Jamie Robinson from Florida State. Uh, just give me a guy who compete. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I understand guys are going to get beat. I understand every now and then guys are going to meet tack- miss tackles. But give me the guy that's basically going to die trying. And a guy like Jamie Robinson at Florida State, that is a guy, in my opinion. You know, I- I'll go to war with that dude any day.
0: Are we gonna talk kickers and punters? No, we aren't. It doesn't matter what they do in Indy. I don't care if they bench a lot. So it's all good. This is—it's such a fun time to to see these guys. It means the draft is close. It's—it's just a great time to. To talk about it all, and I appreciate all the time that uh, that you spend on this, and appreciate the time with me. And uh, looking forward to maybe talking next week about uh, who really wowed everyone in Indy, if our if, you know the predictions bear out. And throughout this whole draft process, I always appreciate the time, Jeff. Be well, and uh, we'll talk soon.
3: Right back at you, Nathan. Always a pleasure, buddy. All
0: right, thank you, Jeff. Have a good one. You too. Jeff Lloyd, the second from the Lockdown Browns podcast. Great stuff, as always. He is the he is one of the best at what he does. The, the passion, you can hear His voice, the number name. I mean, he's just rattling names off. I have this thing in front of me. Like, I, I know a fair amount of of players that are there or at least recognize the names. This guy's just rolling everything off. Dorian uh I've already forgotten it. The, the guy from Tulane. Who, who we got Dorian Williams. I mean, he' We're talking about guys from Syracuse. It's just, it's it's amazing the depth of knowledge and just everything that goes with it that that Jeff possesses here and love talking about the this in particular, the scouting combine, the draft, everything. It's gonna be a lot of fun here. We've got two months, less than two months now, until the NFL draft arrives. In the meantime, though, in between there, it is March Madness. Conference tournaments are beginning. Summit League Tournament will be this week. We were gonna have Matt Zimmer on this week, very busy and stuff with the Summit League Tournament and everything. So uh you know the Northern Sun and, and all that. We'll see if we can get him on for next week to, to talk about it or maybe you know the week after. We'll we'll get his thoughts on it all in general. He's very busy. We knew that there was a, a potential that he might not get there. Um, he's doing a lot for who falls live and in, informed in Communications, so uh always appreciate uh, always appreciate his his time and, and stuff and you know follow all that coverage with the inform and um you know his former employee the argus leader the everyone uh, Marcus Traxer will be there too as part of forum communications and stuff with uh because you know now it's the mitchell daily Republic and that's that's work goes there so they'll those two will be putting out a ton of great stories, great content over the Summit League tournament taking place Friday, March 3rd through Tuesday, March 7th at an extra day because we have to include all these teams to get a participation. I, I like that they include all teams. I really do. I think every team in the college basketball should be able to play, for, play in your conference tournament. I'm not okay with teams that are postseason ineligible still being able to play. Like a Queens College. Like a St. Thomas. That stuff, like Merrimack out of the NEC, the Northeast Conference. That stuff has to stop because it just makes your tournament on the off chance that it happens that one of these teams wins. Like last year with the Atlantic Sun and Bellarmine uh, winning it. And then Jacksonville State got the automatic bid. It just, you, you can't have this. So... I, don't, I mean, St. Thomas is not going to win it on the men's side or the women's side. But what if they get to the championship game? You have that chance. What if that's hanging over the Summit League? Then, oh, if they if, if they win, then Oral Roberts gets the automatic bid, automatic berth. We don't want that. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but that I, I like that we have this extra. I like the extra teams, even though the games are likely going to be very boring. Uh, but this is this is the postseason the the playoffs uh, your your postseason lives are at stake here so i expect um hopefully we get some good games on friday both on the men and the women's side uh hopefully we'll we'll get some good action during this tournament i could see maybe oral roberts upsetting usd on the women's side uh maybe a und over ndsu or, or nds yeah und over ndsu on the women's side but no one's topping the jackrabbit women they're going to win. Uh, they're gonna win handedly. On the men's side, again, you might have the chance for some upsets. I I could see USD beating NDSU. I really could. They did it once already this year. It's a it's a it's a possibility. But Coach Richmond always gets his his squad ready for Sioux Falls. There, there's just something about it that that turns out, and I'm very nervous for whoever SDSU plays, especially if it's NDSU. I'd much rather play USD this year in, in Sioux Falls than I would NDSU. Because of the, the matchups with uh, with Grant Nelson. And just, again, it's that NDSU magic. But should SDSU get to the championship game against Oral Roberts? Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Or no, 8 p.m. Central Time on ESPN2. The women's championship game, 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central Time on ESPNU on Tuesday. No, is it 3? I don't know. We're Find out. It, it, it'll be there. I'll, we'll get this pulled up here right now as I'm going through this but based on what the men did last week against the uh, against Oral Roberts in Frost Arena in a larger environment, a larger crowd all pro SDSU, the amount of pressure that maybe Oral Roberts is going on. Listen, they they did the regular season thing. That's great. Uh they they did it before or the SDSU did it last year and then they won the tournament. They went through the Summit League tournament 3 and 0, made it to the uh, 1 p.m. Also uh, to confirm is the championship game for the the women on Tuesday on ESPNU. But let's just see if Oral Roberts starts to succumb to a little bit of pressure and with that that crowd, that very pro SDSU crowd that will be there Tuesday. Should the Jackrabbits again should they get by NDSU or USD in the semifinals and advance to the fi- in advance to the championship? It is not a slam dunk, pun intended, that Oral Roberts wins the Summit League Championship. For SDSU women, it's it's almost a near certainty, I feel like. This team is just so much better than everyone else in the Summit League. With Oral Roberts, they're very good. They're better than every other team, but the margin is smaller, and with that pro-Jackrabbit crowd... It's not it's not a certainty by any stretch that Oral Roberts will win, but I will pick Oral Roberts to win. I picked him at the beginning of the year. This is a team that could likely be a 12 seed, maybe a 13 seed in the NCAA tournament. It's not a, it's a team I could fully expect to pull off at least one upset, if not two, make it to the Sweet 16. Uh, that what they made it to the Elite Eight uh, in Indianapolis a couple years ago. So. Oral Roberts definitely is that team for me that I'm watching for to make a run, but they have to get through the gauntlet in Sioux Falls, and that gauntlet mainly SDSU. But again, SDSU has to make it there, and it's going to be difficult in the semifinals. But enjoy it all. I hope you all have a, a, a enjoy all the conference tournaments. We got the Big South getting crowned, the uh, the Missouri Valley, the Ohio Valley. Everyone, the Ohio Valley is first. We have all of these. Tournaments that are going down and champions getting crowned. We'll talk about all the tickets punched next week. We'll recap the combine. Um, we'll, we'll just talk a ton of college basketball and the NFL combine. So uh, follow me on Twitter at ND and Facebook Nathan Stack and a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. You can find this podcast available on podcast.com and on iTunes. Just search a sports block. Follow Travis on Twitter at Travis uh, f- Follow Jeff. Lloyd on Twitter at Jeff underscore Lloyd or at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd at Locked on Browns. The podcast is a great podcast to listen to, especially if you are a Cleveland Browns fan. Jeff and company Garrett Bush, they do a great job there with that podcast. So uh, for all of us here at the Sports Block podcast, for Travis and Jeff, I'm Nathan. It's March, people. This is a fantastic time of the year. So Jump on board with us. It's going to be a hell of a ride, a hell of a month, and we're looking forward to talking about it all with you. So, again, for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, I'm Nathan Sacken saying thank you for listening. Have a great week. Enjoy the conference tournaments. Enjoy the rest of the college basketball. Enjoy the NFL scouting combine. We'll react to it all next week. Have a great week, everyone. Talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast.